Blog Talk Radio. suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. 
You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tents. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the Tent Farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Hello. Dignified woman, she came to me. She bought out by lovers and their rogue jewelry. Haunted by nature. Warm by their fur She knew my longing Was no different from her Find a woman lives with her pain. She bought me a ticket for a runaway train, and I've been up rambling. Living alone, dignified woman, locked in her home. Nothing else
dignified woman Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman, alongside Coach Eugene Benton. We're here live in the studios. We've had some issues here early, and we apologize for the inconvenience. But without further ado, i got to get her in here because she has been waiting patiently for the last, I don't know, 10 minutes here. Without further ado, I bring in uh, the lady that's changing the low country day by day. And I'm telling you, she's doing it in a big way. Joy Campbell joins us with I Serve with Joy. Joy, welcome to Southern Sports Central. Hi, good evening. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. We apologize. Uh, we were dealing with some things here, but we got it fixed. I do believe at this point uh, we're excited to get you in here because you've got so much to talk about. And, of course, uh, you know, with the time frame, we want to try to stay on schedule with you. But uh, you and I, of course, connected uh, a few months back because you were doing a lot of big things here in the community in Charleston and uh, in the low country all the way up towards uh, the Midlands. But that being said, you continue to do big things. And, boy, I tell you what, now with this whole COVID-19, you guys have had to, you know, step it up a little bit more because a lot more people seem to be in need. And I'll kind of let you tell us a little bit about what is I Serve With Joy. I Serve With Joy is a nonprofit organization that specializes with at-risk teens, 
single parent families as well as the homeless community. Live right now here for the first of many, Ms. Joy Campbell joins us with her own nonprofit organization. Ms. Uh, we've got some things to talk about uh, here coming up, but um, it, it all kind of started with the vision that you had. Let's tell everybody where did this come from for you uh, and, and what got you involved in wanting to reach out and do such an incredible thing with a nonprofit uh, mindset to make sure that you reach out to so many that are in need here? Well, it it all starts off with God, of course, and, uh, you know, my name is Joy, so my mom always said I had it in me. I was always giving back ever since I was a young girl, but um, the organization itself is three years old. Concept of serving and doing outreach is actually 10 years old, and we started off with a holiday co-drive where we invited businesses and organizations to sponsor a box during the holiday season. And then we bring the community in and they would drop off a coat. And it's a great experience for families or maybe like for them to teach their children how to give back to uh, the community. Live right now with Joy Campbell. She is with I Serve for Joy and I Serve with Joy. I apologize. And, of course, now talking about this whole COVID-19 and, and how now you guys are able to, to really kind of reach out and, and help so many different people. And as you and I had this conversation uh, for the last couple of days, and it's been kind of an amazing thing when you've prayed about it. God just shows up and shows out, and he's done that for you and, and your team as well. Kind of talk a little bit about how the success stories have been going since uh, our country, our world, for the first time ever, is dealing with the first thing. You know, they're, they're all dealing with the same thing at the same time. And how you guys here in the Low Country are able to get a lot of help from those in the community. I feel like social media is important. Um, we were working on a prom experience for Greg Mathis Charter High School, one of the schools that I service, and um, in the middle of it, the whole country shut down basically. And we started getting phone calls for hygiene products. And one of our initiatives is the Fresh Start Kit initiative. Um, It's about three years old as well. And we create these hygiene packs for children. And then we take them to the schools and the nurses and the teachers identify which child needs it. So for COVID-19, it's like, I don't know, I was trying to figure out how can we continue to reach our kids and bring up their their self-esteem? You know, they're sitting at home. You know, they have to work from home. They have to do homework. You know, like mom, dad, they could have been working last week. Now they're not working. You know, they're trying to provide. So let's take the pressure off the parents and let's take the pressures off the kids and let's provide them this little safe haven, right? Toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, shampoo, conditioners, and we had to add washcloths um, this time. Live right now with Joy Campbell. Of course, she is with I Serve with Joy, a nonprofit organization that has done a, a, a phenomenal job of helping those inside the community. And it doesn't stop uh, yesterday or today and tomorrow. Of course, it brings another challenge for you. But already, do you have a lot of things coming up? Of course, uh, on Saturday, April the 18th at 1030 uh, AM, you're going to be over there at Charleston Shiloh Seventh Day Adventure Church. That's located at 3914 Dorchester Road over in North Charleston. Uh, for that being said, 
Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going to happen on this Saturday. And, of course, Eugene and myself and our guys are going to come over and help out. Oh, great. The more the merrier. Make sure you sign up online. We are, you know, keeping our volunteers at a small number, you know, so we can continue to help stop the spread of COVID-19. Our volunteers will have gloves, and they will also have masks provided um, by myself and Park Circle Cares, our food distributors um, for this particular um, experience. It really is. So um, on the 18th, you'll drive up and you'll get your food for the week or two-week supply. And then the children who are in the cars or the children that you have will get um, our hygiene kits that are provided by Molina Healthcare. Now, of course, Joy, you have seen a lot of things in your time, but have you ever imagined that, that this organization that you started off with and even what's going to happen here on the 18th and what's happened already to this point, because I know you did a lot of things during the holidays with food and, and preparation. Did you ever imagine it would be as big as it is and having the success that you've had? Because of today or just in general for the three years? We'll go all three years since day one that you decided to start this campaign no. and really take it by the horn. no. No, not even. I think I was just operating out of obedience, really. Um, I get emotional because it's been a journey for myself uh, just to be able to produce. But in a nutshell, we sent 150 kids to prom. I also helped assist Edmund Robinson with his football camp, and he actually will be joining us on the 18th giving out those hygiene products to the kids because we just want to bring joy to the community. Add-on is Raising Cane. They're giving out coloring sheets so your child can color this beautiful picture and then you can redeem it at Raising Cane for a free meal for your child. So different people in the community are coming together to make this happen. But no, I would never think that I would be in this type of position. And I'm so, so humble to be able to serve alongside some, some amazing organizations. And we're encouraging people. They can give money, they can give time, or they can give supplies, right? We're only taking new supplies now and we're only partnering up with businesses to help slow the spread of the COVID-19. But for your time, as you're like shopping, or if you have extra canned goods in your cupboard, you can donate those to the Low Country Blessing Box. They're one of our partners. Um, we've been so, so blessed by Park Circle Cares for them bringing us underneath their wing and putting our hygiene kits with their food distributions, and we will distribute as much as we can, you know, by supply and demand. Um, we are here for the community. We've always been here for the community. Please check out our new website because it will give you some more information on how you can get involved. Well, Joy, as always, I enjoy having you in here. Of course, it's the first time. We're looking forward to many times. Uh, we'll be there with you on the 18th. We'll get there. We'll sign up. We'll get, and get everything registered to be where you need us. And, if you don't need us there, you can put us wherever you need us because we're definitely going to take that Saturday to make sure we're in the community with you and help as much as we can uh, to be a part of uh, the solution uh, of the problem that we're dealing with every day. God bless you and your organization uh, and, of course, your family as well during this trying times. But uh, it's amazing. It's fun. It's exciting. You know, how God works, and even on this radio show, I say it all the time, it, it's been 
quite an interesting journey. While we've all been shut down in certain areas, we've picked up in other areas where for the first time yes. in many neighborhoods, you're meeting your neighbors. You're seeing they actually have kids because they've been on their yes. laptops all day long. They've been on their phones all day. So at 5 o'clock when mom and dad go for a walk, guess what? So do the kids. So it's kind of through everything tough and rough, I know the good Lord above can always bring some good things out of it, right? Yes, and we're here to bring joy to the community one piece at a time. We appreciate it. I'll check up with you off the air, and I'm going to try to get you back in here Wednesday with me for a little bit as well. But uh, we'll talk again. Thank you so much for what you and your organization do, and we uh, wish you guys nothing but the best. And anything we can do here, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you so much for having us. Follow us on social media, and we'll see you on the other side. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. She has done a great job for the first of many interviews. Uh, Joy Campbell with I Serve With Joy has continued uh, to take that campaign to the next level. We're going to be a voice for here at Southern Sports Central. It's time to go to break. Coming up, we're heading to North Carolina, I believe, where Reginald Walker is waiting by. Oh, boy. Let's hear what the big man's got to say about what's going on in the world today in sports. Well, it's all on pause. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central here on next Sunday evening.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman alongside the coach, Eugene Benton, one of Vancar last guests that joined us here, Joy Campbell with iServe with Joy, who joined us, of course, to talk about the big day coming up, and that's going to be next Saturday. Of course, they'll be doing their thing uh, with uh, all the exciting things, April the 18th at 1030. You want to check it out over there at Charleston Shiloh Seventh Day um, Adventist Church. Of course, that's located at 3914 Dorchester Road over in North Charleston. If you need more information, we'll put it out on our Twitter page here. And just a few, but again, it's never a bad time to reach out to grab a hold of what's going on, be a part of that community drive. And again, that's what Southern Sports Central is here for. We're here for the community. We're here, of course, uh, for not just the things on the field, but everything off the field. Now, with that being said, it's now time to bring in uh, a man that has been in here with me before, of course, uh, Mr. Reginald Walker Jr. He played his days for the Nippy Lions, and since then, he's been doing some TV, some radio, big things with the. Uh, Charlotte 49ers, and, of course, uh, Gardner-Webb football. So, without ado, I say uh, good evening, uh, Mr. Reginald. How's life up in your side of the world with uh, sports on pause, buddy? I tell you what, first of all, good evening, and I uh, hope you all are staying uh, safe, uh, remaining blessed, and, and just being careful. Uh, that's first and foremost. And, you know, here in Charlotte, it, it's it's much of uh, similar – it's very similar to what's going on in other parts of the country. Uh, roads are desolate. Um, not a lot of people moving around. Folks are staying at home. Some folks are, you know, not sort of, if you will, sticking to the guidelines um, and avoiding larger crowds. But uh, for the most part, folks are doing a pretty good job of being aware um, and trying to be a part of the solution rather than, for lack of a better term, enhancing the problem. Um, and so right now, you know, with the sports world on pause, uh, you know, that that that's a shocking thing. And I know, uh, just talking to some people, they didn't kind of really look at this thing um, in terms of the pandemic and really understand the gravity of the situation. And then when you, you know, when you shut down multi-billion-dollar industries, multi-billion-dollar entities um, like the world of sports that are, you know, in a lot of ways internationally uh, renowned organizations, companies, uh, you know, those types of business models it makes people stop and think. And I think, you know, when we saw that happen and the, and the way it went down with the NBA basically uh, pulling players off the floor uh, moments before tip-off because Rudy Gobert, uh, who was supposed to be, uh, who was on one of those teams, the Utah Jazz, would have played in that game in a normal circumstance. They pull those guys off the floor. That's a message to the rest of the country and throughout the world. This thing is serious. And, and for the most part, um, I, I've been fairly happy with a lot of people's response to heed the guidelines coming from state and local and federal governments. Live right now with the voice of many, of course, the Charlotte 49ers, Gardner-Webb as well. Uh, Reginald Walker, again, played his days with Joe Pod down there at, uh, of course, Penn State, uh, where he was an Indy Lions for years. But now, of course, uh, he, like me, gets a chance to talk about what was, what might be, and when it might come back. But, you, you know, it's a serious deal, and I think you nailed it on the head there because I don't real, I, I really don't think a lot of people think it's as serious as it is, and they just look at it as, well, it's just kind of a common cold. We just don't have the medicine to get it fixed right now. But, you know, kind of keep moving. And I'm like you, unless they mandate, make people stay home, you know, that whole essential worker is kind of in the eyes of the beholder in some aspects. Well, I, and I think that's the scariest part. If you look at, you know, if you, if you want to go to, uh, you know, your county 
write and look up what they lay out as essential personnel. Um, it's amazing how it's basically any and everybody. Um, you know, if you look at the different municipalities, um, obviously grocery stores, but then you've got gas stations and you've got, you know, at one point restaurants and bars were not told to close. Um, in some parts of the country, um, ABC or alcohol or, or liquor, wine and spirits, however you want to describe it, um, are run by the state. And in some states, those entities are not closed down, and those are considered essential employees. So when you look at this thing, it's got so many different layers and faces, and I think that's the most frustrating thing for a lot of people is they don't know what to believe, they don't know what the actual plan is, and they don't have a timetable. And I think that's the biggest thing. And whether you – and I'm not a political guy and I'm not going to get into politics, but whether you believe in – your local, state, or federal, meaning the president, politicians or not, the reality is there is no blueprint for this. You, you can you can lay out a lot of things that you may disagree with in terms of some of the decision-making from the, the officials uh, that we rely on, but at the end of the day, there is no blueprint for this, and everybody's trying to figure it out as they go. And the most unfortunate part and the most difficult part is there is no time frame for this to go away, and I think that's what really has a lot of people, uh, A, sitting on their hands, uh, if you will, and then B, uh, really kind of being beside themselves, if you will, if that's even humanly possible because they don't know what to expect and what's next. No doubt about it. Right now live with Reginald Walker, a former Penn State Nittany Lion, current uh, voice of the, of course, Charlotte 49ers as well as the Gardner-Webb. Uh, Bulldogs as well. Now, when you look at this thing, and here's the the, the interesting thing for me, because it has shut down spring sports. Uh, there is a right. small smidge of hope in the state of South Carolina, which I don't even understand why uh, the gentleman that's in charge of the high school league here in the state of South Carolina would even throw out, we're still trying to put this together. Realistically, it's, it's not there. I mean, to be honest with you, it takes one kid to be in one area to make this thing become an epidemic again, just that quick. So for, for me, you know, I'm looking at it in the aspect of, hey, look, it's unfortunate. We didn't see this coming. There's no way to prepare for something that you had no idea it was coming. And when it comes to that, it's kind of like an earthquake. You know, we don't understand when earthquakes are going to get here. They just show up. Unlike a hurricane, which you can kind of see it coming from outside in the ocean. But this is something that, you know, they need to start preparing for what might be in the fall when it comes to football season, when it comes to some of those revenues that mean such a great deal to so many not only universities, but high schools as well, because that is where they're putting a lot of their money back into the schools. Again, you imagine the Nittany Lions not having a football season. I mean, the money that they would miss out. And I know it's a lot more important than that because of somebody's life. I'm not undermining a life. But I'm thinking, do we need to quit turning our heads to trying to save the spring and start looking ahead to the fall? Uh, first and foremost, the spring, punt, move on. It's over. It's not happening. It shouldn't happen. Even if things get cleared up tomorrow, You've got the ramp-up process with football players. It's just not safe uh, to really try to ramp that thing up for the spring. And I would say this, you know, going into the fall, I was asked this question recently um, about college football and and would we see a season. And my thing on that is that earmarked date to me is June 15th. If you can't get these athletes back on the college campuses by June 15th, uh, we're going to have a problem and at minimum, there will be a delay to the college football season because you need that five or six weeks to make sure that these players are, are 
where they need to be physically um, to safely play the game of football moving forward. Live right now with, of course, uh, Mr. Reginald Walker, the voice of uh, the 49ers over at Charlotte, as well as Gardner-Webb. He played the days, and we keep telling you how important his role is because he's done so many things, and he comes from many different angles, which I love that about and his contribution here to the show on Southern Sports Central. Uh, but, but you're right. If we don't get these young men and, and, and athletes uh, on the football field and any other fall sports uh, out there to condition – Sooner, much sooner than later, then, yeah, you're talking about what could be maybe even, and we talked about this before the show, Eugene and I did, about them possibly taking out what would be a non-conference schedule and only playing a conference schedule, which then that puts them possibly practicing in September, which is unusual, but yet it salvages the season. Uh, any thoughts on them maybe taking away, even at the high school level, the non-conference, non-region games, and just sticking to the, the, the games that, I guess, I don't like to say they don't matter, but the games that are within their own conference or slash region. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting way to salvage a season. I think it's unfortunate. Um, and I'll, I'll use a, a couple of programs that, you know, I do their games. If you look at Gardner-Webb, if you look at UNC Charlotte or Charlotte, as they like to be referred to now, uh, if all of a sudden they don't have those non-conference games, particularly Gardner-Webb going down to Georgia Tech this year, those five games, if you will, that's a lot of money that, that is not coming into these athletic programs that can help fund not only football but other sports as well within that school's athletic department. People don't understand, you know, for Gardner-Webb to go and play at Georgia Tech and get, I don't know, somewhere from, you know, 250000 to $500,000, uh, that allows those coaches for Gardner-Webb football to get paid uh, at travel will be taken care of as well as maybe one or two other sports full budget uh, for the fall, uh, potentially more, uh, based on that sport. So when you start looking at, again, these are the financial ramifications. The, 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 as you mentioned before, lives lost and things of that nature medically, that's a whole different conversation, and that's much bigger than this conversation that you and I are having right now. But the reality of the situation is when you look at it, from an athletic standpoint and from a, you know, financial standpoint, you realize very, very quickly that if the non-conference is not there uh, for some of these smaller programs and smaller schools, uh, that could mean uh, some major implications down the line for them financially, which is why, you know, as much as, you know, sometimes we don't love seeing an FCS program like a Gardner-Webb, you know, face off against, you know, a, a Florida or, or Georgia or something like that, part of the reason it's necessary is because of the financial ramifications uh, to keep some of these athletic programs afloat. So I think if that is not there, that will have a profound impact on uh, what happens moving forward with some of these athletic departments. But, again, it's about safety first. So if that means that's the safest way for us to have football this fall, well, then by all means – then we need to shrink the schedule so that we can do the right thing by these players and allow them to not get back on that field until uh, safety and they've had the opportunity to prepare their bodies for the rigors of whether it's a nine-game season or a full 12-game. Hey, Coach, this is Coach Ben. I just wanted to comment on that. I know you said part of the, the, the worry is that big budget issue and the big budget item, I know, Schools like Charleston Southern have played at Alabama. And, you know, those big paychecks and paydays are 
are just momentous for that program. Uh, one thing that came across my table uh, yesterday was I know that there was a call made between the ACC coaches. You brought up Georgia Tech. Uh, there was a call between the coaches. I believe that call was on Friday for that contingency that Richie had just mentioned, and that would be that it looks like what would essentially be the August 1 first day back in full pads would now be moved to September 1 with games in October, thereby cutting some of those, uh, you know, non-conference games and things like that. But then, of course, you know, a lot of the major conferences do have a conference game in week one or a conference game in week two. So, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts. And also just curious, even at your school and, and, you know, have they had conference meetings and things like that or have they talked about contingencies for starting late? I'm just going to get your thoughts on that. Um, you know, if you guys are starting late, other than obviously, you know, we have to move things back. Guys don't have as long to prepare, you know, especially where new coaches come in. And I really think it's a, it's going to be a, a tough issue, especially in new coach situations, to put in new systems. Um, so just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, when you talk about these new coaches and, and new situations, it, it's that is going to have a major implication. It's going to it's going to be a major factor, and you know, as much as that conversation is had and, and moving things back and. And then you're pushing things, and, and and I'm not trying to minimize what's going on, but then you start looking at bowl games and FCS playoffs, and if you push the season back, how do those things lay out on the back end in terms of pushing into January and those types of things? So you start to look at this thing and you go, you know what, maybe we need to just completely shrink the season depending on the time frame. And then to your point in terms of the different schools having those conversations, I know it's a factor right now for Gardner-Webb. Obviously, they have a brand-new coach. Uh, Charlotte, this is the first year um, that they've played in a bowl game. It's only a six- or seven-year-old program, not even 10 years old. So you start to look at that. They're still figuring out really just the normal turnover of a season. And then you add this on top of it, it's a factor. And, And those discussions are happening everywhere. There haven't been a lot of, as far as I know, big, long, full-fledged phone calls, but I know the conversations are being had uh, internally within a lot of programs, and it's going to come down to the safety and the health and safety of those players Um, because I think what everybody has figured out is the money you can figure out later, the safety you cannot figure out later. You better think of that first. And so I applaud a lot of athletic departments, a lot of conferences um, and, and some people have had issues with how the NCAA as a governing body has handled this, and I get that. Um, but underneath that, the conferences, the schools, the chancellors, the athletic directors, I thought have done a really good job of doing some smart decision-making and being more proactive as opposed to reactive, and I expect that to continue. Yeah, I just actually, when you first came on, I got a text from a here, and I had a player who's uh, put to camp and try out at Ohio State. That was scheduled for June the 6th. It came through, says they've canceled every event for football related through July 6th. And that they are not sure, but they are going to try to reschedule some type of recruiting event. But, you know, I really think that's going to make some huge waves, especially with guys going into their senior year, their junior year for recruiting, because it looks like this is out. You know, some summer camps were guys big opportunities to showcase their talents. It has. It, it, it's really going to impact that, and I think what what we're going to see off of this is I think we're going to see uh, potentially down the line maybe some changes in the fall in terms of recruiting. Maybe they allow 
uh, some of these seniors to take extra visits. Uh, maybe they allow some of these schools to have, you know, a couple of days where they can have prospects on campus um, so they can kind of catch up, if you will. But I don't expect any of that to change until the fall because, again, um, I think that was the right decision to shut everything down um, into the summer and, and, and then to really evaluate properly uh, when to put all these people back in these same spaces again. Uh, I know uh, Coach Franklin at Penn State, you know, he's talked a lot about um, not only new players coming in, but players they currently have. You know, there are guys that – think about guys that maybe sat out all of last season with major injuries, ACLs, those types of things they're not getting that kind of treatment that they would normally get being on campus this spring. Um, high school kids, you're, you're dealing with the same thing. If they've dealt with injuries or uh, if they if they maybe missed part of last year, they don't have a chance to show that they're back healthy again. Uh, and then the recruiting aspect, you don't want these big crowds, you don't want these big groups of people in the same place at the same time because of the the, pers- the chance for community spread. So you start adding these things up, and I think you, you, you have to commend a lot of the leadership at the conference and school levels for the decisions that they've made to make sure uh, that these young athletes and student athletes are protected as best they can. And in a lot of ways, yes. Is it costing them some money? Yes. Is it costing them preparation time? Absolutely. But they are realizing, even though this is a billion-dollar business and, and the game of money is out there, they are understanding that this is bigger than some money. This is bigger than a crystal trophy. This is bigger than a bronze trophy, a gold trophy. It's bigger than all of that, and it's about the health and safety of young people in this in this country. Live right now, of course, uh, with our connection to the Charlotte area along around the, uh, the SEC, the ACC, you name the conferences, he can cover it for us here, but also in the high school ram as well. Um, you know, we, we get in here an opportunity to talk to Reginald uh, Walker Jr., who, of course, is the voice of the Charlotte 49ers. He's also with the Garner Webb Bulldogs as well. You know, how does this affect guys that are looking at the college level of transferring, using that transfer portal? I had on here last week uh, one of the coaches over at Coastal Carolina. He mentioned everything's kind of paused right now, but you know, like I do, this highway of the transfer portal starts to pick up right now, heading into the summertime because the athletes are starting to prepare. Kind of give us your thoughts and opinion on how this is going to affect the transfer portal and a lot of things that we're not really seeing outside of the football games on Saturdays and, and, and other nights. Yeah, I mean, the transfer portal has been impacted uh, tremendously because these kids are having to make decisions sight unseen. you got to remember, some of these players – They may know of other schools, but they haven't been there. And so some of these kids that are looking to transfer as grad transfers or just regular transfers, they're trying to make decisions with no visual information. Uh, I know some coaches, uh, obviously right now, no one can really recruit. It's kind of essentially a dead period. But there are some kids that are in a situation right now where they're going, where they're sitting there trying to figure out, do I want to go there? What does it look like? What What does it mean for me? I don't know what the program is going to look like. I don't know what my potential for playing is going to look like. It's all guesswork. And so these kids are having to figure that out uh, without really being able to talk to people consistently. So when you look up, you see that some kids are actually committing. It's amazing to me that they're doing it blindly. And the only thing I would tell them is you better be committing to that school um, and, 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 and not choice of playing football because if you get that wrong – you're probably not going to figure that out until the first week of fall camp or maybe even the first or second week of the season. 
Live right now, our good buddy up there in the Charlotte area, Reginald Walker Jr., played his days with the Nittany Lions, recruited by Joe Pa, of course, back in the heydays of the Nittany Lions, back, of course, uh, when we remember so many great days. Of course, man, I tell you, I can only imagine playing for such a, uh, a legend. Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little football before I get you out of here in a couple of minutes. But, you know, when you played, and I played these days, uh, be it in baseball or football, uh, your thoughts on if we'd have had to deal with something like this? You're talking about a generation that came in during two, you know, uh, 9/11, right? I mean, these kids were born in 9/11. Here they go graduating in this other epidemic situation with COVID-19. Could you imagine? I mean, we've already had to kind of get used to the social media world, but now you throw in something like this of a kid kind of waited until his senior year, her senior year, to really take it in uh, to the next level here in the spring. Boy, they missed out. It's jarring because one thing that that happens as an athlete, you get in the routine, you get into a place of knowing what to expect, knowing what's next. Your body expects certain things because of the time frame at which you're going throughout it year after year. And so I can tell you as someone at Penn State, when 9-11 happened, we were supposed to play at Virginia that Saturday. All of a sudden, they're telling us not only are we probably not going to play, but we don't know when we're going to play this game. We don't know when we're going to play a game again. And when that happens to you as an athlete, you know, one of the, the, the major things that anybody can tell you, they've always heard, and you guys have been athletes before as well, uh, every coach will always tell you, don't worry about things you can't control. But when those things that you can't control stop the game, as an athlete, you are confused. You don't know how to deal with that because you have to figure out the next step because everything else has been a routine for so long. All of a sudden you're off, you're off kilter. You're out of routine. You're out of step with what to do next. And then the uncertainty continues to add to it because you don't know how long this new factor is going to play a role in what's next. And so as that continues, it makes it more and more difficult for athletes and coaches because what do you do as an athlete? Who do you go to for the answers? You go to your coach. Well, here's the reality. Coaches don't have a clue right now either. They're guessing just like the rest of the world. And so when you're dealing with particularly college athletes, 18 to 22 years old, it's very difficult because they don't, they're going to the people to get the answers, but they can't get those answers because the people that normally have them don't have them. I tell you what, we're going to have to get some answers soon because if not, like you said, we don't start getting some bodies in the gym because it doesn't just happen. And that was kind of my concerns with us. How do you start a spring sport when you knew it's going to take at least three weeks to condition yourself back to what it was? Because you and I both know as adults, we don't want to go run, even though you and I and, and a few of us out there are still exercising, but the kids, not probably happening to many of them. So, uh, I do want to get you back in here with me Wednesday. We're up against the top of the hour, and fortunately for us, I, I'm not sure if you're loaded with a lot of things to do. Hopefully school will be out by then, and you won't have to do your principal duties at the house. But um, we would love to get back in here with you Wednesday night. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about some uh, things. And Wednesday we'll talk a little bit more towards those athletes that are sitting home and some things that they can do to prepare themselves and always be ready to go when they're called on. Sounds like a plan. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. I look forward to the conversation. Buddy, I always appreciate you, man. Y'all stay safe. God bless you. If you need us, reach out, my friend. Absolutely. You take care. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. He played his days at Penn State for the Nittany Lions, of course, uh, for that famous Joe Pa, and uh, then took himself 
uh, now recently down in Charlotte, where he's hanging out over there with the Charlotte 49ers. Who else is hanging out at Charlotte 49ers? Keegan Williams. He will be heading out that way. We'll talk to him about Keegan on Wednesday. I didn't forget about you, Keegan. I just wanted to get some of the other stuff out of the way. But Wednesday, we'll, we'll do a little bit more personal conversations with a few guys. We may even get Keegan in here on the radio with us. We'll see how that works out. Uh, we're also going to look at possibly uh, talking to a Gardner-Webb guy. Who was that? Daryl Hancock, Jr., the last 1,000 rusher at Somerville High School, who now is playing his days at Gardner-Webb as well. So there's always a connection, and uh, the good Lord above is always going to continue to do that. Uh, if you missed it earlier, we are excited to announce we have partnered with the factory. The factory is located over in Hanahan, South Carolina. It's uh, three gentlemen who have the exact same vision as we do here at Southern Sports Central. The thing is, is that we all have different directions to get to that final destination. But the cool thing, we're going to work together. We're going to make this thing happen. We're going to do some live shows there at the factory. We're going to have those guys come on our show. We're going to come on their show. What does that mean? Well, that means that we're going to give them two, three solid hours at least once a week to do a help show. So they'll come in and they'll kind of talk to you guys about what you need to be doing, what you need to be eating, how you can prepare yourself before you even walk into a gym. That way you don't come in the gym looking like as a rock would say a jabroni, right? That's what we don't want to do. But we got to take a break. It is out of the hour. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on southernsportscentral.com, blog talk radio, and, of course, right here on Facebook, southernsportscentral.com. Guys, we'll be right back.
Yeah, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yeldon, alongside the coach. Eugene Benton joins me here. Of course, he will be here with us for quite some time now. Why? Because he's part of the staff here. We put him to work, and uh, he's excited to be a part of us. Also, welcome in, of course, uh, as we have officially changed the studio name to the Factory Studios, of course, brought to you by our friends over at the Factory, located at 5913 Loftus Road in Hanahan, South Carolina, 29410 is the number. They're shut down right now because of everything going on, but trust and believe me, why you're not there, they are, and they're preparing themselves for a grand re-entering. I wouldn't say opening, but uh, you guys coming back in, they're going to be doing a lot of great things. We're excited to work with the factory. Their vision, their mission, same as ours, just the road to get there, a little bit different. We're going to do the vocal part. We'll do the uh, media part for them. And, of course, they'll, of course, do the physical part for us, of course. So we'll work together to get the goals that we both have, and they're all the same. It's kind of awesome as we met today and kind of shook hands and said, hey, let's work this thing together, let's control and take over this community uh, as we do it together. So with that being said, we're going to take over Fort Norchester. We're heading over there now with Coach, of course, joins us now, who's been in here with us before. Coach Joey Steele joins us, uh, one of the uh, coaches on staff over there with Coach LaPrade. Coach, first of all, welcome back to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, man. So uh, you guys continue to do big things over at the fort. We're excited to uh, be able to uh, do a live show uh, when you guys played in the playoff game. And, of course, I've had the opportunity to show up at a few practices uh, along the way. And I've got, I like to think, a pretty good relationship with you and the coaching staff over there. Uh, Even though I do what I do on Friday nights, you guys are, are such good people. You welcome me in and you sit down with me and we have good conversation. But you guys are doing that with the athletes that you guys are putting in through the league. Uh, how weird is it? I know you're a teacher as well, uh, and, and on top of that, being a coach, how weird is everything? And kind of give me a day in the life of, uh, you know, coach slash teacher still and, and, and what's going on uh, in your world in the last three weeks, buddy. Yeah, it's been kind of weird. <laughs> it's been weird. Never in my life would have uh, would have ever thought that, you know, we'd be in this situation. But, um, you know, Dorchester to the administration, our administration and the district office is doing such a great job of, of, you know, keeping up with the kids and coming up with a plan. And, you know, we're not one-to-one right now. So <clears throat> we don't have, you know, our kids don't have laptops at home and, and doing things like that. We're moving to that next year, but, um, you know, I've had very, uh, a lot of success reaching out to my kids and, the district's done a great job, and our administration has done a great job of being able to provide the kids with the work that they need. And um, and I've had a lot of response, you know, from my kids. And, um, you know, I teach marine biology and forensics in the spring, and um, we've created some packages of work due. And, and um, you know, my kids have done a great job of reaching out and, and responding to that. And last Thursday we, we had a uh, – uh, a session where the kids came and picked up work at school, and I, we probably had three, four hundred kids come through, parents, and uh, picked up work. And it's been it's been pretty good, you know. Unfortunately, with the situation we're in, live right now with one of the teachers slash coaches over at Fort Dorchester, as he's uh, kind of had to transform into not only now you're the principal, you're the teacher. I don't know any other roles you have there at uh, over there. I guess it would be. Joey still high that you're teaching because you do have a daughter as well. Um, how, how hard is it for a teacher? Cause I don't think this question has been asked neither. You're not only a, a teacher uh, and you have so many students that you're accountable for, but you're also a parent. How are you able to balance the teaching to being a parent? And, and for the first time, this is, it's already hard enough, right? So this added a little bit. More yeah. To it. 
Well, I'm fortunate to have a great wife <laughs> who is also an educator. <laughs> you know, and she, hopefully she works over. Right? <laughs> yeah, she works over in Berkeley County. So, um, she she's. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have her, and, and you know, she stays on top of the kids and and uh, making you know making sure that they're doing their work and uh, and you know I'm blessed. I have two great kids, but um, you know they get their work done. Um, I'm not going to lie, they kind of sleep in a little late in the mornings, but they get up and they get their work done, and she kind of stays on top of them. And, uh, you know, I'm very blessed in that, you know, in that category. You know, it's been kind of interesting because I'm out throughout the day doing my normal nine-to-five job, and I see uh, it seems like a lot of P.E. time is happening, no doubt about it, a lot of bike riding, so I'm guessing that's P.E. time. I did see, I did see a parent who I believe his son may wrestle at one of the schools here locally, he had them flipping tires, and I was thinking, man, now that's that's a, that's a but it wasn't like baby tires; they were like truck tires. I've tried to trailer. I was like, oh my god, man, they would rather go back to school. You know, you wish you had to do a wall sit or some planks or something. But um, are, are you guys incorporating all of that though? I mean, and, and, and kind of tell me your thoughts from the teacher's point because we'll get into some football with you here in just a minute. But on the bigger spectrum of things, you know, I've got I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've got four great kids myself. Only three still in school. And, and the one complaint that I hear from them is, Dad, we're not homeschool students. I said, well, your teachers aren't homeschool teachers either. They're learning just like you're learning, and all I need you to do is just do the best you can and send it in, and, and they'll work through this thing together. But from a teacher's point of view to a student or a player or both out there listening, what advice would you give somebody right now who's dealing with that anxiety of, wow, this is so much work to do. If I don't do it, I'm not going to pass. Well, you know, we're kind of all in it together. You know, it's definitely new for everybody. And, you know, my advice to be is, is don't panic. You know, things are going to be okay. It is what it is right now. Um, I think, you know, everything I see on social media, uh, parents are doing a great job of keeping their kids active, um, out of the house, not in the house all day, playing video games, but, you know, doing some PE-type activities with kids. And, um, you know, I've seen kids outside, you know, with with uh, sidewalk chalk, drawing on the sidewalk, just doing things that, you know, just are getting them outside. You know, and I think that's that's really the big the big thing is just not letting them sleep till eleven or twelve o'clock in the afternoon, and not letting them you know just lay around all day and be on video games, be outside, be active. You know, keep your um, keep your distance from everybody, but at the same time, just you know, get outside and enjoy the weather. You know, and and um, you know we've done a great job. Our our uh, new defensive coordinator, Bobby Floyd, and um, you know he's he's kind of taking over the weightlifting role too, and he he does a good good great job of sending out information to the kids about you know just going out and being active and and doing some things and walking jogging just doing some everyday activities that you know that'll keep you in shape and and um, keep your mind off of things. I think you know. I agree with you. I think that's a that's a huge deal as well because. You know, you got to keep these guys moving. And I've tried to do the best I can with my two avenues of social media, be it Twitter and Facebook. And, of course, you know, I've been uh, – if you'd have told me a month uh, – you told me three or four months ago I would run 24 miles in a week, I'd have told you you're crazy. But Absolutely. when you run that first mile, right, when you run that first mile, though, it's not that bad. You get a rhythm going. You kind of get a certain beat going in your head. You're listening to music, and next thing you know, your body gets conditioned Absolutely. to it. So here I'm putting in about 24 miles. So I said, let's take it another step, of course, doing some crunches and some push-ups and some free weights. But I started challenging 
Fort Hill Chester players, Oceanside players, Absolutely. Somerville players, Absolutely. and your guys are Absolutely. answering the call, and I love it, man. That, what, what's your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I love it. I love the the, the whole competitive part of it, and um, I think it's a great thing. You know, I think, um, you know, I'm not from this area, um, so the the whole rivalry thing doesn't mean you know mean as much to me as it does as 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 much as it does the community thing. Just seeing the kids, you know, compete with each other, you know, the Ashley Ridge kids, the the Somerville kids, the Fort Dorchester kids, and I think it's a great way that you know that the kids can just you know correspond with each other, just you know, okay, and challenge each other because that at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's just you know. Let's just let's build a community. Let's stay strong as a community, and let's just beat this thing. No doubt about it. We're live with one of the coaches over there at Fort Dorchester High School, Coach LaPrade, and the boys have continued to set bars here in the Low Country. And well, you last lost a guy this past uh, off season, and uh, then all of a sudden the world went to a stop. As uh, of course, Coach Ian Rafferty, who's been over there as the OC for. Uh, Fort Dorchester for many, many, many years and has done a lot of great things for the Patriots. Now we'll bring his time and talent back to his home school where he started at Somerville, of course, before, you know, playing at Somerville, of course, with Coach uh, McKissick there, then went on to NC State, played in the NFL for a while, ends up back over in the area, of course, at Fort. But here he goes now. Uh, he's going to be looking at you guys on the other side when you guys welcome uh, Somerville in uh, at the end of the year next year or this coming year. Uh, what was your thoughts when this thing kind of happened? And I know you and Ian, I'd imagine, are, are pretty good friends. He's a great guy. And, of course, uh, Somerville gets a big win. But you guys, of course, uh, you guys lose a close friend as well as a good coach. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's real tough, you know. And um, I don't want to speak for Coach Soprano, but, you know, Ian's, it, Coach Rafferty is, is like a son to Coach Soprano. You know, I've, I've, I've seen the relationship, you know, that I've been there over the eight years and, um, you know, he thinks of him as a son, you know, and I think deep down inside, Coach Soprano was, was happy for Coach, Coach Rafferty. Um, at the same time, he didn't want to see him go. And uh, Coach Rafferty and my relationship's unbelievable. I mean, we talk probably once a day, you know, still. And um, I love him to death, and I know he's going to do great things at Somerville and and um, it'll be tough seeing him on the, you know, seeing him on the other side. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's football. And you know, I mean, it's it's what we all love to do, and we do it. You know, he'll do a great job over there, and we'll continue to do great things at Fort Dorchester. And it's, you know, it'll be it's sad to see him go. I mean, I love him. I love him like a brother. But uh, I'm very happy for him, and um, I know he'll do great things over there. Live right now with one of the coaches over at Fort Dorchester. We've covered everything from the classroom to the new school that's been built somewhere in this area called Joey Steele High. Of course, he's the principal and he's got the teacher on staff, and it's only a student of two, so it's got to be a little bit easier than what he's normally used to at the school at Fort Dorchester. But uh, how about your daughter? And of course, I, you know, I'm, I'm well aware uh, that, of course, Donna Claire, they call her DC. She's an eighth grader playing varsity softball. And man, I tell you, I remember the night. It was a chilly night in March. And I walk over to uh, a ball park over in North Charleston, and here I see Coach Steele, but he's in red. And it was awkward <laughs> because I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, I don't, I know there's red in the color at Fort Dorchester, but I, that looks to be Stafford looking <laughs> to me. Now that being said, how hard is it? How I don't think it's hard, but how how unique? It's probably a better word. Is it that you have a daughter that goes to Stratford, 
and here you are as a coach and a teacher over in Fort Dorchester. Of course, you were standing there, and uh, another LaFrad was standing there, and a couple of other coaches were all around. And, you know, that, that I would say fraternity of all of us kind of standing there. How neat is it for you to watch your daughter on the other side, but yet you know at the end of the day you end up going back to Fort Dorchester? Oh, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. You know, um, I'm very blessed. You know, I'm very blessed to have a daughter that, that loves the game of softball. And um, not only that, not only a softball player, but just a great kid. I mean, she's an unbelievable kid. I mean, her, she's. I've never as a father ever had to worry about her academics. I mean, she's a straight-A student. She's always on top of her her, her academics. Um, you know, bless her mother for that because she does a really, really good job. You know how much time we – we uh we spend with football and, and stuff and I'm I'm very you know, very fortunate she's got a mother that um does the job that she does raising my kids. You know, bless her first. I mean she's 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 unbelievable. But Donna Claire, I, I can remember when when Santa Claus brought her a bike when she was five years old and the very first time she went out to ride her bike, she absolutely refused to have training wheels. And she rode that bike, and she rode that bike that whole entire day, falling off, falling off, over and over and over again. But she refused to use training wheels. And by the end of the day, by the time it got dark, she was able to ride the bike. And that's just the kind of kid she is. She has, as we call it in the coaching world, she has the it factor. And I'm very blessed as a father to, you know, to have a daughter that has the it factor. So she's gonna she's gonna do whatever it takes to make sure that she's successful, not only academically but also athletically. So, you know, seeing the success that she's had on the on the field, it, it surprises me, but at the same time it doesn't really surprise me just because of how hard she works. Live right now with one of the coaches over there at Fort Dorchester High School. Of course he does some big things on Friday nights, but now he of course turned in to being a homeschool teacher along with a teacher there with his students in the house, that being his kids of his own. Of course, uh, Coach Joey Steele joins us now talking about his daughter, who is an eighth grader. This is a big deal. I played varsity baseball in eighth grade, so I can tell you the expectation is there and uh, the room for error is small. And of course, uh, they call her D.C. And she's known also as Donna Claire. She continues to do big things. And, boy, I tell you, almost hitting a few dingers here this year, um, Definitely tying up that, uh, that fence in the back. Talk about that as a dad. What's it like for you? And, and I've been there because I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, my oldest son playing baseball going through with Somerville some. And so I've watched him kind of grow, but it, it's so fun to watch your own child after watching so many other children, even though you claim them on Fridays and other days, but to have somebody that lives in a house with you have such great success like uh, Donna's had. It's awesome. I mean, it really is awesome. You know, uh, we talk all the time about it, and, you know, me as a father on the same side as me as a coach, just continue to tell her to stay humble. You know, stay humble. Just continue to work hard. You know, um, put God first in your life and just, you know, continue to do the things you're doing, and um, and you'll be blessed one day. And we talk about it, like I said, we talk about it all the time, and, you know, her main focus right now is academics and athletics. And um, like I said, I'm very blessed to have a, a great daughter. Live right now, of course, uh, with the coach over at Fort Dorchester, one of many great coaches that Coach Pratt has surrounded himself by. Uh, I guess one final thing before we send you out of here, Coach, uh, if you have yeah. any advice for athletes out here, 
that are that are struggling because let's be honest. I mean, if nobody's pushing a lot of these younger people, they're not really probably doing it. Uh, and, and we're talking to not only the spring sport player, we're talking to the upcoming fall sport player. And it's not just football. There's other sports played in the fall around the low country. Let's not forget about some of the girls that play in the fall, like volleyball and things like that, you know, and the ladies that are doing their thing during the fall sports. But what do they need to be doing right now? And, and I know you work with a lot of youth. I'm really proud of what I've seen uh, you guys going into the elementary schools and middle schools, excuse me, and, and pulling these young kids that are coming your way and preparing yeah. them for what's going to be. But that being said, what does the youth need to be doing now other than making sure that schoolwork's done? Well, number one, making good decisions, making good decisions all day long and be careful who the, you know, the crowd that you hang out with. Um, and then on top of that, just stay active, you know, stay active, make sure you're getting three good meals a day. And if you're not reach out to us, you know, Fort Dorchester at the high school, we're one of those schools that, um, you know, we're handing out food every day and, you know, our staff's doing a great job of making sure the kids are getting fed, but stay active, you know, make sure you're getting three good meals a day and, and make sure you're making good decisions. Well, coach, as always, we greatly appreciate what you do, not only on the field, but off the field as well. You and I have been able to get a nice relationship, of course, in the community and what you mean to even coaches that I know that know you over at Somerville uh, speak highly of you. And, of course, I get the opportunity to do the same when your name comes up and just, hey, keep doing what you're doing and tell uh, D.C. we got our eyes on over here at Southern Sports Center. So uh, <laughs> the pressure is on. We're going to do what we can do uh-huh. to get our name out. For coaches, you need to put your name, you need to put our name on that radar because for an eighth grader to play at 5A sports at any level as an eighth grader and start over there first base is a big deal. Well, I appreciate you guys, and I appreciate you, everything you do for high school football, and especially in our area. And I know you work over there at Somerville, but you've done great things with Fort Dorchester. <laughs> and um, I look forward to, you know, to staying in touch and, and uh, getting back to work, hopefully here soon. Um, I know our kids are ready. I know Coach Pratt's biting at the bits to get back at it and get yelling at us and, and, and uh, get things rolling. And I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm real excited. I'm real excited about, you know, Coach Brent coming over and, and uh, being on the offensive side of the ball and, and Bobby Floyd. Um, you know, I'm really, really excited about him taking a step up and being in charge of the defense and doing great things and being in charge of the weight room. I, I know things are going to be great. And at the same time, I, you know, I love Coach Rafferty, and I'm excited to see what he can do at Somerville. And I'm pulling for him for all the games except for one. All right, always a pleasure and great uh, to hear from you. Keep doing what you're doing, and we will uh, catch up on the other side, Coach. You too, guys. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. There you go, guys. Of course, uh, he is one of many great coaches over there at Fort Dorchester uh, High School. And, uh, you know, uh, you you, you have a chance to to, to get to do what I do. And now, Eugene, you get a chance to do this as well. You you know, it's a lot of fun because as Clemson, Tom had to learn by making these YouTube videos and then he got into radio, man, it's a little bit more personal. It's a little bit more of a uh, conversation that, uh, that that's put together for us because we get to know these coaches. We get to know their families. We get to know the players on other teams. Uh, we had Brandon Johnson from Fort Dorchester that ends up coming in and, um, you know, committing to Navy on the air right here at Southern Sports Central. That was a big deal to me and a big opportunity for me and a feather in our cap and all that good stuff. But then uh, both of the Johnson boys say, hey, you know, why don't you come over and watch us on National Signing Day? Like he said, he knows I'm over at Somerville on Friday nights, but my love and my passion 
for what high school sports means to me personally has always been A1A Beachfront Avenue for Southern Sports Central. Coach, I'll let you kind of talk a little bit here on some of the things that you've heard in that interview. The thing, you know, obviously I, I heard from him that he's such a proud father, even though his daughter plays at another school. I have to admit, man, some of the best moments of my life as a dad was standing behind the fence watching my daughter pitch, watching her hit home runs, watching her win games, you know, and, and also watching her fight through struggles. I remember getting in the car and she would sit in the back seat, even though the front seat was open, and I would just say, hey, do you want to talk about the game? And she would just roll the window down and just look out the window and not say a word to me. One day she just looks up and she says, Dad, let me take a shower first. Then we'll talk about it. And I saw the maturity in that child where she was just starting to process things. That was her decompression. And I was just, I was so proud that she learned to say, I need a space, I need a break. And, but and and it was just really cool watching her de- develop like that. And um, I thought it was really, you know, the other interesting part was that his daughter plays for a rival school, and here he is putting on the red jacket, sporting his daughter. I thought that, you know, that's love. That goes beyond a rivalry. That's love, and that's proud of. You know, I'm glad that he gets to share that with his daughter. He coaches a fall sport. She plays a spring sport, so that he's there with her. Um. You know, and, and it sounds like he's really excited about the new guys coming in or, or switching positions. Unfortunately, we were scheduled at Oceanside to scrimmage them, and it doesn't look like the, by the way we are hearing things in the rumors that we're going to get to have the scrimmage, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully, fingers crossed, and God willing, this virus will be out of here, and that scrimmage will get to happen because there's such a historic program. I know – I remember when they came online, I was still at um, Walterboro, which is now Calden County, and Somerville used to just beat the tar out of those guys. <laughs> and uh, They had this great quarterback that came in. Uh, I think his last name was Lawhoon or Lawhoon, who um, went over to Charleston Southern. And that's right when 4D started to win some games. And, uh, and they, they developed and developed and developed, and it's a machine over there that you think either – lower state final or state final or state championship every year. Everybody's going for them. They're at the top. So we were, man, we were looking forward to that scrimmage. But, um, yeah, it's really good to get these guys on. You get these guys from other schools. Once you coach at one school, you kind of get to know people in your conference, people on your schedule. So it's really interesting to hear about other schools, especially the big 5A schools around the state in the smaller schools, um, the perspective is still the same. Offense, defense, special teams, weight room, weight room, weight room, and grades and attitude. And every coach pretty much preaches the same preach, the same sermon. And it's, you just hear this guy come out with his heart, and he just talks about what he loves and what he does for kids. And that's what we do here. Everybody cares about the kids. Right now, everybody's sad for the kids, not for ourselves. Sure, we love coaching. We love to get out there. We love the experience. We love the Ws. But these kids are missing out. The spring sport kids, the seniors, it's gone. You know, the the next high school league meeting is supposed to be the 22nd or the 28th of April. School has a month left. We just found out Friday that, the schools are planning now to combine fourth quarter grades into third quarter for the average. 
there won't be grades for fourth quarter, essentially. So they haven't said it, but they pretty much told these kids it's over. So but one positive thing I did say that he, see that he said and he brought up is that before quarantine, you would see these pictures of families in the house. Everyone had an electronic device. During quarantine, everybody's outside on bicycles, taking walks, spending outside time sitting in chairs, barbecuing, family units. That's big. That might impact these kids to change when they become adults and how they run their households because there's only going to be an increase of technology. So it's really good, and I am happy, and I am thrilled to meet these folks and get to share these experiences. Well, I tell you, Eugene, it's been a pleasant. Uh, I enjoy love having you in here with us in the studios, of course. Uh, so many great things are happening during this quarantine, like you mentioned. I mean, families are reconnecting. Husbands are meeting wives. Oh, they got kids. Where'd they come from? We got all these things happening. And if, when it happens, the sports trivia will be again. You should be a genius at sports trivia because if you haven't watched enough 30 for 30 and found out everything about everything, trust and believe me, just turn on ESPN and you'll find everything that you've missed out on right off the rip. It's been a great, uh, you know, thing. And, again, I get it. It's tough. It's hard. It, it's one of those frustrating things because, you know, we don't like to be told to sit still, to not move, to not do this, not do that. However, at the end of the day, through tough times will be some good things. And I do believe that God is, for what many reasons, has stopped us in our tracks as a world because they said in NASA they can look down at China and realize there's actually a thing down in China called, you know, because you haven't seen it because of so much traffic going on. There's a, a friend of mine that I used to work with at WOGN, uh, uh, which is one of the TV stations that used to broadcast all the TV games for Somerville. Uh, Paul, he's actually tracking all the, uh, the planes that are being flown around, and he's showing the, the pictures where there's hardly any air traffic going on. Unfortunately, it looks like the United States not keeping up with everybody else, and that's why if we don't stop, drop, and relax, then this thing's not going to go away. I understand that the, the, the seriousness of cabin fever. I understand all that, but it's a lot worse than what could be. We're going to take a break because we do have to check in with another guest over there, of course, on the Tent Farm Hotlines. We're going to check in with our buddy P-Chef. He's a big-time Alabama fan and a college fanatic as well. He covers everything when it comes to producing over college XM Series Sports. We'll check in with him as you're listening to Southern Sports Central. Let's play you some summertime music. We'll be right back. This is Southern Sports Central. Coming up next, P-Chef. Just a bit of a break from the norm Just a little something to break the monotony Of all that hardcore dance That has gotten to be a little bit out of control It's cool to dance, but what about a groove That soothes and moves romance Give me a soft, subtle mix And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it And think of the summers of the past Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast Pop in my CD and let me run around And put your car on cruise and lay back Cause it's summertime
back then I didn't really know what it was But now I see what happened is The way that people respond to summer madness The weather is hot and girls are dressing less And checking out the fellas to tell them who's best Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos Or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's Back in Philly we be out in the park A place called the Plateau is where everybody goes Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes She turned around to see what you beeping at It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac And with a pen and pad I compose this rhyme To hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime Yet, hustle to the mall to get me a short set. Yeah, I got on sneaks, but I need a new pair. Cause basketball courts in the summer got girls there. The temperature's about 88. Hop in the water plug, just for old time's sake. Break to your crib, change your clothes once more. Cause you're invited to a barbecue to start with four. Sitting with your friends, as y'all reminisce about the days growing up and the first person you kiss. And as I think back, makes me wonder how the smell from a grill could spark off nostalgia. All the kids playing out front, little boys messing around with the girls playing double dutch. While the DJ spinning a tune as the old folks dance at your family reunion. Then six o'clock rolls around. You just finished wiping your car down. It's time to cruise, so you go to the summertime, hang out, it looks like a car show. Everybody come looking real fine, fresh from the barbershop, applying the beauty salon. Every moment fronting and maxing, chilling in the car, they've been all day waxing. Leaning to the side, but you can't speed through two miles an hour, so everybody sees you. There's an air of love and of happiness, and this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness. Alongside the coach, Coach Eugene Benton here in the Factory Studios, Southern Sports Central Live for three solid hours on a Sunday evening. And what better way to end hour number two with a man, the myth, the legend who runs it all over there at Sirius XM College Sports, my friend and yours, Patrick Shuck. He's known better as T Shuck. What's up, buddy? How's life over there in the uh, the Shuck home? Uh, we're holding it down in uh, in West by God, Virginia. Uh, you know, hoping we're staying, we're staying hunkered down and staying safe. Uh, we're doing uh, all we can to to, to uh, get everything back to uh, whatever normal we we could have again. Now, of course, I got to ask: Are you the principal? You're the teacher? You're the janitor? Which role do you have over there at Chuck High School? Oh, uh, I'm uh, currently the. Let's see, I'll, I'll go VP because you know mom's in charge, and then. Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, uh, I, I do uh, – since we're at uh, pre-K and first grade, 
so we're yeah. doing a lot of uh, uh, we got to do it all. So we got art, gym, uh, you know, everything. So how many naps are we taking on this on this uh, new schedule? Zero. Uh, no naps. <laughs> wow. How many naps well, the, are you uh, taking on the schedule? Should I ask? <laughs> Uh, well, the baby, the youngest, the youngest, youngest, he, he gets uh, two, but the uh, the other two, uh, they are they are beyond naps, and uh, uh, so I, I would love to be hitting the rack, but between uh, running Shuck Shuck, uh, Shuck Elementary, I guess, and then uh, doing my, my the, the, the the stuff for SiriusXM, I I uh, I don't get my naps like I used to. <laughs> right. Now, let me ask you this. I just saw Gene Chizik, of course, the former coach over at Auburn, who's done uh, a lot of stuff on many different avenues. I saw him with – it looked like a broomstick. He had cut the broom off of the bottom of it and had – it looked like two suitcases, probably full of clothes or something. That was kind of his his, his weight bars, I guess, if you will. Um, your, your thoughts on how many coaches are utilizing social media, I guess, to try to get the word out, stay positive, but yet keep – athletes across the board not just in college but all over kind of keep them physical well all the co- all, all their strength and conditioning coaches are all sending out their what they can uh to get with their kids some of them um where they where they're at now their their gym their high school gyms or whatever they don't have the ability to work out the way they would want uh now the ncaa uh and trying to do a few things good here and there has allowed some coaches to ship uh, equipment to the to uh to their kids. Uh, Alabama, I know um, they're using Apple Watch to uh, to uh, kind of monitor their guys. Um, now Dabo says he doesn't need an Apple Watch. He guess he's kind of trust that they're doing with the um, <laughs> But um, I mean, uh, and then uh, the other guys are. You know, Tom Herman was complaining that he can't get equipment out to his guys, and but I mean, I just you know. And, and they're all having, you know, the Zoom meetings with their, with their team as much as they can. Um, you know, I guess, uh, and they're sending out daily messages to them. Uh, but, I mean, a lot of this falls on, you know, your strength and conditioning coaches, uh, as always. And, you know, uh, it's just uh, it's amazing how quickly everyone can adapt, you know, to this. Um, because, I mean, we're all, you know, in a pause. Like we don't know, like, and it doesn't sound good. I mean, we hopefully and we all you know pray and hope and cross our fingers and and everything. But uh, you know, uh, let's say. Uh, so where where do you line up right now? Do you think everything jumps off as normal? You know, uh, say media days are usually in July, so media days are going, and then camps usually open around like August first, second, something like that depending on, like, July, late July, early August. Do you think all that happens? Because I don't. No, I don't. You know, I, I don't either. My thing is, it would have happened had somebody, be it the president, be governors, all got together and said, okay, we're going to shut down all of our states for the next two weeks, because that's really what's going to have to happen, because we're, we're kind of like children here. We're not listening to the warnings. They can post it all over billboards and your phones and all, but until you make them stay home, people are not staying home. And it only takes one. It takes one individual, man, woman, or child, no matter the age, to have it, and it goes right back to where we were. And, and you think of, like, the first place that came to me that I was like, wow, if it got in this stadium, it would be really bad, which is any stadium, but Neyland Stadium at Tennessee, because those stadium seats are literally on top of each other. 
you know, how is oh, yeah. this going to affect seating within the capacity of all these schools who wanted to have the largest seating capacity in the college, you know, total rankings of who's got the biggest school? How does that work? Yeah. I mean, do I think that they yeah, can have a media date? It. They could. Yeah, I mean, think about it. As Whenever we do get, you know, release, released to go back, I mean, there may not be a hotter ticket in the land than college football, high school football, hmm. pro football, you know, whatever uh, that you can get. So it's going to be impossible to keep people, you know, unless you're limiting seating, taking seats out. They don't want to take seats out because that takes out revenue. And right now, right. They're, you know, they're talking, you know, 50-something million dollars in revenue that could be lost per school, you know, with football being gone. You know, you think about the NCAA tournament is a billion dollar, uh, you know, machine that they just you know, they just took away. Not to mention, you know, the College World Series, uh, everything, I mean, like softball, all that revenue is gone. So they're, they're not right. gonna. I mean, unless unless the government is literally going to come to the stadiums and take seats out, they're. I can't imagine if they've been given the all clear to go back. I can't imagine that that they're not going to let people, you know, load it up. Which I mean, yeah, that, Lord willing, I, I hope we see. <laughs> right now, what do you guys hear? And I know, and I know you get a chance to produce some over there with Sirius XM College Sports, and you're one of the great ones at, at what you do over there. You get a chance to interact with a lot of coaches all across the Power Five to the lower tiers and everything in between. When you talk to some of these big name coaches, you talk to a Nick Saban. Of course, I know you're a big time Alabama guy yourself. But when you guys talk to these big name coaches. I know Dabo believes that it's going to be fine. Everybody's going to get back to normal. He got hit pretty hard on that, which I don't blame him. He's trying to be positive. But Kirk Herbstreit over there at ESPN is like, it ain't happening. Okay, this this could be the well, case. Well, what do you guys hear the from the Power the, Five the thing about The thing about Dabo also, he comes around and gets on a plane and he goes to Florida and says, all of the plane was sanitized. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, I mean, again, love Dabo. You can't deny it. He's great. I, 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 I'm down for his positivity. You know, I, I hope this is going to go away and get over. But you know, you can't say all that and then turn around and say, okay, well, I'm going to jump on my plane, go to Florida, do my spring break, and whatever. While everybody else on the planet is literally you know, trapped in their homes. Um, now, some guys, uh, Brian Kelly, he seems to think things. Uh, he seems to think that we're going to have a season. Um, uh, I know Herb Street, you know, his, his concerns are obviously, you know, he's got his boys over at Clemson, and, you know, he obviously has his worries about that, which might be kind of skewing some of his, you know, his, his thoughts about whether or not we're going to have a season or not. Um, but um, the guys that, I'm, that, that we're here, basketball, football, across the board, I mean, they're still recruiting. They're still – you know they're still proceeding as normal, um, but as far as everything starting or getting us getting a season, you know a regular uh, sixteen games, fifth, twelve games, ten games, whatever. Nobody knows. Uh, and then yeah. talking about moving it to spring, I just I don't know. Uh, everything and then I, I, you know you feel for you feel for the. You know, the kids the most. I mean, the kids that lost their chances to play in the NCAA tournament or the NIT or whatever or the or the women's games. You, you feel for those kids. 
And then you feel for the kids that were in the spring sports that, that lost everything. And, you know, now you have people who are, you know, they get the opportunity to come back, but that, that money not be, may, may not be there so they can, so they can come back on scholarship. So, you know, I feel so bad for those guys. No doubt about it. And I'm just getting this in from Somerville's high school. Uh, former coach Joe Call said, I guess, tonight at 8 o'clock, Pope Francis has summoned the whole world, uh, whoever uh, one is and whatever one's faith, to take a moment of uh, mediation for, of course, the health of the world. Of course, the Pope wants the whole planet uh, to unite together in prayer at 8 o'clock, if you can. Uh, you know, of course, uh, do that. Now, again, that was from a, a, a high school coach here locally, uh, Coach John McKissick's uh, grandson. But um, that's news breaking to me. I didn't see that until just currently. But uh, how big yeah, a deal is this? I, I mean, I mean, I, is this I, I as big as we think this is? It's, it's, it's landscape changing. It's life altering. It's, I mean, this is, this is, <clears throat> this is worse. Uh, I would say this is worse. Um, Differently worse than 9/11. 9/11 was worse because of terrorism, you know, and all that. And then we had the weeks following of the, you know, the fear of, you know, the anthrax and whatever else may happen. But this is literally a silent and, and uh, invisible threat that, you know, hmm. you don't know, you know, how people are gonna, and rightfully so, how pensive they're gonna be about coming out, and, and you know, what kind of conversations they're having with their their kids about planes, you know, um, which is, you know, they have, obviously, you know, if it were my child, I, I would have that concern too. Um, but this is, this is something that, that, you know, it's awful that we all have to live, live through it and we're never going to, we're never going to forget it. And, you know, uh, we, I think we did get a little, if there's, if there's a time to be quote unquote lucky about it uh, for us as football fans, for us, to hit, for, for things to happen, when they did, because, you know, if they can get a, a vaccine or if they can get, uh, you know, time is time is essentially on our side where, you know, there's there's still time that things can kind of work out that we could, you know, see a season. Right. You imagine as we're live right now, P. Shuck, he, of course, a husband, father, uh, and a producer of a series, XM College Sports, uh, does a phenomenal job taking care of so many great shows that you get to hear over there. Uh, with those group of guys over there and girls, of course, over there on Sirius XM College Sports. But imagine this happening. And, again, I, I get it's a big deal today, but what if this came about, let's say October, in the middle of college football season, NFL football season, when you and I both know that they pack a lot more of those stadiums out than they do coliseums in basketball season. We could be oh, talking yeah. about a lot bigger deal, correct? Oh, it, yeah, of course. I mean, it, it, this hit before – I mean, this hit before Major League Baseball. Uh, I mean, the NBA obviously they 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 do well with attendance, you know, in places like Golden State, Dallas, um, you know. But you know, the, a lot of their larger cities like New York and Chicago, you know, those teams aren't you know the big draws anymore that they once were because you know they're they're obviously in a down. They're not they're not performing as well. Now, if you look at it in football season, you know, the Jets and the Giants and and you know the Bears. You know they're as far as the NFL goes, they're 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 putting butts in seats, and then you know what Penn State, um, you know there's not a game, even in especially early in the season when they're playing like you know your MAC teams or whatever, they, they still sell out. So you know we got incredibly lucky lucky in that manner. <clears throat> um, I just hope 
you know, um, I, 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 the NCAA obviously is going to going to be as careful as they can be uh, about this, and the commissioners are obviously uh, a lot smarter than me. <laughs> they get paid to, to be so, but you know, I, I'm just hoping that uh, they have a better plan on going forward than they had in first addressing the issue. Because you know, I think that the fact that they allowed <clears throat> they basically waited for the NBA to make a decision before they decided, hey, uh, well, we're going to shut down you know, the SEC tournament. Or we're going to shut down the ACC tournament. This is after the CAA tournament was already played, and they already had a guy who was sick. You know, they had a referee who had the, uh, the coronavirus. Um, wow. And then, you know, obviously that's going to – I mean, I would – I mean, that's crazy. So I hope that the commissioners um, – I'll have a uniformed idea and message about how to, you know, proceed forward in a, a, a not a way that they're they're looking to uh, other people to make a decision for them. If that's kind of the right way to think about it, where you know they sat there and they waited for the NBA to say, okay, we're going to stop our season, and then they still waited till guys were on the floor the next day. They had, uh, I think it was uh, Rutgers and. Uh, shoot, the Rutgers and Ohio State were in their warm-ups, and uh, actually Ohio State was on the way to the, on their way to the, the in, in Indiana, and Rutgers was on the floor. You had uh, teams that the Syracuse was on the floor at, in the ACC. You know the Big East still had tipped their game, and it's like, well, why? Why? <laughs> why? What took so long? Um, that's the thing that I, I I'm kind of curious. And it seems like that's kind of the question, even outside the sports world, P-Shuck, that this is where you're seeing. And I had earlier with me uh, one of the guys that covers a couple of um, programs over in the Charlotte area with the Charlotte 49ers. Of course, Garner Webb is Reginald Walker, who played his days over there with uh, Penn State. He joined us earlier right. in hour number one. And, and he and I had this conversation is that, you know, it, it seems like we're, we're everybody can be considered essential. You're essential. I'm essential. Right? Wouldn't you like to be a central right. two type of thing? And yet, what is it going to take to get people just to say, look, unless you work at the hospital, unless you're a first responder, and unless you work at a grocery store, I guess that would probably be the only other one. Or pharmacy. Gas station, or pharmacy, pharmacy, which is my yeah. thing. Those were the four major components, but yet they're adding in new people. And, again, I know that we're, we try to keep it with sports related, but this is affecting the world of sports. Oh, yeah. And, and – and you know, I think about it that um, now these the NCAA, uh, you know, they lost a tremendous amount of money now because of this, because people weren't staying home and they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. So now, because of that, it is now trickled down to where these schools are getting less money. Now the conversations have to have happened within athletic departments, saying, okay, well, we're going to cut. Um, we're going to cut money to women's diving, okay? Uh, you saw Old Dominion earlier this week, I think Friday, they cut their wrestling program. Um, to, these conversations are happening right now and going forward about, okay, well, we, got less, we have less money to spend now. Who, where, where shall we spend it? Uh, well, football obviously is going to get the bigger piece of the cut. Okay, well, what about, like, field hockey? What about, like, you know, uh, lacrosse? Things like that. The, 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 those are the programs that are going to be really hit hard because of all of this. And right. it's going to be weird because 
you have schools like <clears throat> South Carolina where, like, they put you guys put a premium on football. You put a put pr- right. premium on baseball. You put a premium on uh, women's basketball. And you put a premium on men's basketball. Did I miss anything? Those are like the big ones, right? Yeah, those are the big ones, correct. Yeah, so then does softball take up – take? You know, what happens to softball? What happens to, right. you know, the other programs? It's, sure. It's, 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 it's terrible, you know. And, and then you got – the kids are going to have missed opportunities. Then the transfer portal is going to go bananas with everybody going mm. forever. So it's – like it's truly a a a a, 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 a new world that we're we're going to be going into. <clears throat> you know, you're thinking about not just the athletes, but you're also talking about coaches that are going to be, you know lose jobs, and they're going to be out. The families are not are not are going to, have to be able to you know have you know a paycheck. You know, and right. that's that's sad. Yeah, I mean, there, it, this is a, a larger spread. You use even the uh, the other university or the, the the other one I guess here in the state is Clemson just added a softball program and they're having success yeah. early. They won uh, some yeah. games early out. That has to yeah, be yeah. a program that I I would imagine would take a hit. What would you say? Well, absolutely, and that stinks. That stinks. Yeah. And I would think that <clears throat> that some of these like networks, like the SEC network, like the Big Ten network, like the new ACC network. Would be able to you know, help out with some of that money, but they can't because they're getting less money. So, right. uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 uh, I mean, that's that's just that's that's just tough, man. It's just terrible. It is. It's just a, that it is. And I tell you, when when it hit home for me, P. Shuck, is when they early, and I mean early, announced that there would be no college World Series. Of course, you've seen the highlights, yeah. and you know we've seen things. To me. That because I am a baseball guy as well as a football guy, it, it hit home for me. I was like, "Wow, there's there's not going to be, you know, the greatest game on dirt won't be played, you know." And then the president comes out and says, "Hey, little leaguers, hold tight. We're going to get out there yeah. soon enough." I, I don't well, understand that, canceled, you know. And again, I'm again, little, not trying to get they, political, but yeah, no, no, no. Go they cancel little league here. Uh, oh, wow. uh, my boys and my boys, they play. They do a we we have, we have a church uh, soccer team that I that I coach and they play on the team and they were. If we're ho- we're hoping uh, we we're gonna know. Uh, it, they held it. They're pushing it off till May, but you know, I, I think it's unlikely that we're gonna have a season two. Um, right. And that's that's things too. And then yeah, but and that is what it is at this point. Um, but well, you know, I'm hoping against hope that that we're gonna have a season of some sort. Uh, I think it would help tremendously with the country to heal. Um, I think people getting together. Uh, tailgating, uh, social distance, social social distance tailgating would be great for everybody. Uh, you know, set it up <laughs> with a, virtual a drive-in now. movie theater and just you know have a, have a good time. Sure. Well, you know, it, when you think about all the all the disasters we've had in, in the world, or definitely here in the United States, and you nailed it on the head. You know, when you think about the Boston Marathon, when you think about 9/11, when you thought about the uh, the earthquakes that happened when the A's and the Giants were playing each other, right? When you think about oh, yeah, these, yeah. these moments, what was the one thing that you reunited? Sports. Well, there are some sports. Oh, absolutely. It was our love language. Yeah. I mean, there are people now, you know, uh, myself included, that, you know, for any kind of – like, we're watching BattleBots. To have something to kind of watch <laughs> or, uh, or, or WrestleMania. 
You know, just have some kind of sport to watch. I'm not I'm not really awesome. a big watch old games guy, but you know right. uh you know, they replayed the Alabama Georgia SEC championship from uh it was at uh twelve, thirteen, yeah, no, either one. And like I was just watching highlights of that man, I was just getting me all excited about the season and you hear the music gets I'm like, Oh man, I cannot wait and then you're like, Oh then the balloon just gets deflated and you're like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to come. I'm going to get real with you for a minute and tell you the other night when they were playing the Patriots and the Falcons, I caught myself forgetting that it was actually a replay. I was like, come on, you can do it. You know, because you're living in that (laughs) moment, you know. I mean, it's only time before we start seeing pillow fights becoming top news over at your local TV stations, right? I mean, I did see a Marvel race a couple uh, weeks ago. Yeah, they're talking about the uh, NBA doing a game of horse or something. Um, NASCAR has been. Genius by jumping on the eye racing thing. Genius. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, keeping the sport relevant, top of news, and uh, getting viewers. So that's genius right. on their part. Well, man, I tell you what, I appreciate you. I know you're a busy man. Uh, you know, like I do, man. There's always something we can talk about. And I and somebody had made the comment to me in the street one day, man. So what do y'all talk about, man? Look, there's always about. There's always something we oh, can yeah. do. And again. We use this as an outreach, uh, an opportunity to get the voices out, and sometimes it's good to turn off that TV, turn on something different, listen to something different. Trust me, it'll be there when we get off the air, but um, tell, first of all, the family, I said, thanks for giving me some time away. I'm sure they, they, they probably didn't mind it. You know, they're used to you being gone <laughs> way, a little more than you are. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I hope coaches. you had a good, you know, had a good Palm Sunday. More. I hope you had a good Palm Sunday. I hope you uh, got your virtual church on like like uh, all of us did. And, uh, and uh, hope you're or, or did you get to go? <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't go. I did bedside <laughs> service today. <laughs> virtual, you virtual church did like the rest of us. Uh, I did. Sorry, I man. did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> happy, well, happy peace Easter, up, uh, to you and your family. You too, buddy. I'm gonna try to get you back with us uh, at any point when you get some free moments, man. I'd love to get you back in here, man. But God bless you, your family. Yeah, and, I uh, just, hey. I, I, I need you to tell me how. How uh, Trey Sanders is going to push uh, push Najee Harris? <laughs> I'll figure it out, and I'll let you know for sure, man. <laughs> hey, enjoy the rest of the night, and thank you for being a part of our night here on Southern Sports Central, brother. All right, man. See ya. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't get any better than Peshuk. That guy is awesome. I mean, he's a producer for so many Mark Packer shows. Uh, I could sit here and name a ton of shows that I that I know he works with, that he helps with, and he does a lot of great stuff with. We are up against the top of the hour already, two in the books. Coming up in hour number three, we start off at Hanahan with a former name uh, that those that, of course, uh, Timberland would know. But yet at the end of the day, now he is at Hanahan. That is, of course, Art Craig will join us here at 8 o'clock. We'll talk to him. And then we go to Charlotte, North Carolina, where we catch up with a – athletic director over there at Olympic High School in Charlotte again, and she's going to talk to us from the athletic point of view. There's something different. We haven't had an athletic trainer on with all the madness. Now, when we come back, there will be a moment of silence with that at 8 o'clock, and we'll join the rest of the country with a quick moment of silence. So don't go anywhere. There's no problem. Just a little bit of prayer. We'll be right back. You're listening to the fellas right here on Southern Sports Central, guys. Thank you. 
Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to Southern Sports Central. We're going to take a quick moment here. It is 8 o'clock, and uh, Pope, uh, Pope Francis has summoned the world here, wherever one is and whatever one's faith is, to take a moment in mediation of, for prayer and help of the world. And we will join uh, the rest of our country here right now. So we ask you to join us as we take a moment of silence to pray for those who are dealing with everything that is going around the world, known as COVID-19. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yalbin, alongside the coach, uh, Eugene Benton here. We just took a moment of silence uh, to join the uh, the rest of the world as uh, Pope Francis has summoned the world, uh, no matter wherever you are, uh, at any point right now, to stop, drop, and, and let's pray. And we did that uh, for those uh, all around the world, not just here in the United States, not just those here in the low country, but everywhere. Because uh, for the first time in my 42 years of living on this earth, I've never in my life seen the entire world deal with the same exact issues as we're dealing with uh, here today. And, uh, you know, it's a lot bigger than any game that we play on a football field or a basketball court or a baseball field or soccer, you name it. It's, it's much greater than that. And, and I want to thank uh, God for the opportunity to do what I get to do here on the radio to get people an opportunity to break away from the everyday conversation, the never stopping and researching, you know, what we know is COVID-19, the coronavirus, or whatever you may label it as. Uh, and I do also thank him for reuniting families together, for, for husbands and wives who are now spending more quality time because there is a lot of jobs that have pulled people away that at this time they're home. They're enjoying time together. I know coaches uh, like the one we're getting ready to get here with in just a second with, of course, uh, one of the big names here in the low country and around the state of South Carolina is Art Craig. He's been around uh, Timberland High School for 20 years. He's got rings and trophies, but nothing is greater to him than the family that he gets to be around. And while he doesn't get a chance, to meet his new family in Hanahan, he's getting a chance to spend it those uh, loved ones who, of course, uh, in his own family. So without further ado, I do bring in uh, one of the legendary coaches here in the area. We talk about, you know, Coach LaPrade. We talk about Coach uh, McKissick. We talk about a lot of big names in the area, but you can't speak about greatness and, and big names without Art Craig. And without further ado, Coach, welcome into Southern Sports Central. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. I'm kind of humbled right now. Thank you guys for having me on. Man, I tell you, we uh, we should have. It's our fault. We should have had you on way before now uh, because uh, you've earned it. Uh, I tell you, you're one of the top coaches in my eyes. And when we talk about great coaches, of course, like I mentioned, you know, uh, you, you think Coach McKissick, you think the great coach that was over at Berkeley for so many years, uh, you know, even – uh, so many great coaches have come through our area, but you're right there at the top of that list uh, on what you've done in the community up in St. Stephen's, South Carolina. And uh, you shared a story with me today uh, that I'll let you share if you want to, but uh, to them, you, you were, a, you without a doubt, were, was a big deal to them. You know, you leaving and, and taking an opportunity, which, you know, I know you prayed about and you, you, you put your right foot forward and the opportunity was prevailed that um, I think it gave you a chance to realize how much they really loved you over there in uh, Timberland and around that St. Stephen's area. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Timberland community just been tremendous, um, you know, with with the, with my maturity, you know. I mean, coming in there, you know, in 2001, you know, I was spent my first three years at 
at uh, Cross and had a, a little three-year great run there. You know, had opportunity to coach Rod Wilson. And, you know, 10 years before that, I was at Blattville, you know, for 10 years. First receiver I ever coached was Troy Brown and got to be a part of something special there. And I had nothing to do with him being in the NFL. But, you know, I've just – I've been so fortunate to be along with a lot of this that, you know, sometimes – you know, when you've been somewhere as long as I have, 19 years, you go, you start to take, you know, for granted a few things. But the people in at Timberland did everything they could for our program, um, you know, and, and I really leaving wasn't um, that hard of a choice for me because I knew I'd, I had put everything in it, um, you know, as head coaches do. Sometimes our family sacrifice and things like that. But, you know, it's allowed me this opportunity now to move over to Hanahan and, try to put my stamp over there before before I, I get out, on out of this coaching thing. Live right now with the new coach over at Hannah and High School, the Hawks. I tell you, you'll, you'll definitely uh, have them on the radar for sure, Coach Craig, as you, of course, spent 20 years. 20 years, that's a long time to spend anywhere uh, in life. There's guys that haven't had jobs that long out and about in the streets, but yet you've done that job over at Timberland. You've mentioned his name, but you've seen a lot of people coming – over there uh, in that area on the other side of Monk's Corner. And it's an area that I don't think has ever really gotten the respect that it's earned. You guys have definitely put a lot of athletes. You've mentioned one, but there's many guys that have come through your program. Of course, even some ladies that come through the uh, the ladies' sports over there that have done some great things. Coach, talk a little bit about Timberland before we get into Hanahan and, and some of your most memorable moments in the 20 years that you spent over there with those guys and girls. Well, you know, when we got to Timberland, you know, we weren't very good, and we weren't very good my first year. Um, and I've been fortunate. I've been coaching 32 years. And my first year at Timberland was the first losing season I'd ever had as a varsity coach. Um, you know, being at Blyville for 10 years, David Beard did a tremendous job there, him and Mike Pope, and then going over across, been successful. So that was a little bit of a, you know, a step back for us. But to be able to work with, you know, Kalina Green, you talk about female athletes, Kalina Green, in my mind, maybe the best athlete, one of the best athletes to ever come through Timberland. I mean, when we did weightlifting, she worked out with the guys, you know, and then, you know, then we had people like Dustin and Justin Scott come through there. Then we got that big run of pretty good athletes where we had Quentin Washington, you know, who played in the Armour All-American game, played at Michigan. You know, we had Alger Fordham that played at, at South Carolina, and, you know, Rock Harris King played at State. And, and then from there, you know, I, I was fortunate enough. I've been able to coach all three of my sons. Uh, Cody Craig, you know, played for him at a high level at quarterback, played in the Shrine Bowl, played in the, you know, all-star baseball game, went to Coastal, played two sports there. And then my middle son, Dylan, started for me at center, you know, when we won our first state championship in 2011. And then Wyatt, my youngest one, started for us in 2014. So I know there's a lot of blessed coaches in here, but I don't know that many of them are more blessed than, than what I've been able to do, you know, there with, with the people and being able to coach my sons and, my coaches and, and the community, I, 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 I couldn't be more happier um, leaving where I'm leaving and going to something else because I know that, that we, you know, that, that, that I was able to mature as a person and um, as a coach there at Timlin, and I'll always be indebted to them for the opportunity they gave me. Live right now with the new head coach over at Hanahan High School, Coach Art Craig. Again, spent 20 years over at Timberland High School. He just mentioned a handful of guys and girls that did great things. He was surrounded by a great staff, and that's the character of uh, what Coach Craig is all about and what he's going to be taking to Hanahan. So we talk about Hanahan now, Coach. 
you know, the challenge is there, but the athletes are there as well. But you get an opportunity to walk in here. and You expect it, and, of course, you accept it, as well as, uh, you know, all the things that come with you. You know they expect big things right away, right? It would be kind of a Steve Spurrier kind of feeling. You walking on this campus, they're expecting you to do big things pretty quick. Coach, talk to us about that, the, the expectations that you're bringing and the things that you're going to also going to expect on return from the athletes, Coach. Well, I mean, I think, you know, going into this, you know, when we met with the kids for the first time, we told them, listen, I know a lot of people are going to say, yeah, this, you know, this is going to take a chance to build. But I like I told them, I didn't come there to wait to win. We expect to win now. I, you know, I don't know how big we are. But I tell you right now, you know, people like our principal, Tom Gallus, and our AD, you know, Kim Joseph, and then um, and then having people like Steve Blanchard, who worked with me here at Timberland, that's been on that staff, and, Brian Mitchell and Joe Bowers and Dylan Price and Charles Spence, all those guys on staff there has made this transition tremendous for me. And I got, and you know, a lot of people are looking at this coronavirus thing and looking at negatives. I look at the positive side of it. I got a chance to spend a month and a half with our kids and get to meet them and get to, you know, interact with them. And uh, cause if, if I, you know, if I, if I was in like the situation at Timlin now, they're going to name a head coach and he's probably not going to meet his kids till they come into fall. So I'm excited. I think we've got some good-looking, some good athletes over there. Um, you know, Kyle Buffalo is a returning guy that I think is going to do some good things. Alex Hyatt and, you know, Junior Josh Charles, a tremendous running back for us. And I think Jonathan Shelton, quarterback. And, and um, you know, Andrew Stewart at our offensive line. We've, we've got a good nucleus of kids. Um, they've responded well to me. Uh, the community has been great. You know, I've had opportunity to speak at the Rotary Club, met the mayor with the rec department, met with a big booster that played it hand in hand, played on 81 Clemson National Championship, Ray Rim. So I've had a tremendous opportunity, and I feel very fortunate. I think, um, you know, I, I think we might shock some people. I hope so, anyway. Live right now with the new head coach over there, of course, at Hanahan High School. He'll take over the reins. He's already taken them over there. Uh, but he'll get things hopefully running up in 2020 here. Uh, coach Art Craig joins us uh, now as he's uh, first of many, Coach. And we're excited because what we like to do is come to your campus. We like to see what you do. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of campuses around them at high school levels uh, here in the low country. I think Hanahan's still on the map to get checked off, and I want to hopefully set that up once we get back to – I don't think normal is ever going to be the word we use, but at least back to uh, our everyday life that we know it as of now. Um, but, of course, uh, we partnered today with a gym that's right down the road from your high school called The Factory. It's three guys that played uh, football over at Goose Creek, decided to open a gym, and they actually did it in your backyard. I told them today that I was going to get you in here with me, and they said, man, hey, we're in his backyard. We're here. If anything he needs, let us know because we've got the facility for it. So uh, maybe I can connect the dots. But that being said, Coach, let me ask you this. In 20 years you've done this job, have you ever seen – the low country with 17 and maybe a little higher low here, but 17 job openings in one off season. No, I mean, you know, that, that, that was kind of, you know, kind of crazy. I know there'd been a few, you know, and then, um, then when I did mine, one of my buddies called me and said, well, there you go. You just started, you know, but it's just been a, like a domino <laughs> effect. And I think that, um, you know, I mean, you know, like you said, you know, there's not many, you know, Steve LaPrade's been at Port D forever, and, um, you know, I was at Timlin there, and not many of us stayed, you know, at places longer, you know, 15, 20 years now anymore. So I think you're going to see a lot more transition. You know, there's a lot of great coaches in the low country. Um, there's a lot of um, a lot of good football in the low country. Like you said, I don't think we've got, 
a lot of respect that we should have in the, in the, for the last few years. I think that that we that the, all our low country teams we play at a very high level and it's very competitive. And with this coaching around the low country, you have to be on your p's and q's um, when you're coaching any of these teams. And um, you know, I think it's made me a lot better football coach. But but yeah, that, the the amount of coaches that changed it was kind of crazy. It was staggering. But um, you know, that's the way it is sometimes. Live right now, Art Craig, the new head football coach of Hennan High School. Excited to get him a little bit closer here to the studios. So once we get through the the everyday, what is now normal, we get past this, we're going to hopefully catch up with you. And, uh, Coach, what's it been like to be home for a little while, though? You've had a chance to probably work on a few things. It's like I talked to a gentleman last week and even this week where, you know, there's a lot of moms and, and, and wives that are not used to y'all being home as much. Now you're home every day and – I would imagine there's not going to be much of a to-do list to be done here when this thing is said and done because everything's <laughs> got to be about knocked out by now, huh, Coach? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you spend days doing that, and then you know, and, you know, with this um, this little e-learning system that we got with uh, with schools now, you know, um, you're trying to make sure that that our kids, you know, that you teach, and not only them, but like even the football players at Hanahan, you know, sending them messages and making sure they're getting the work done. Um, you know, being able to be at home. And, and I think that's one thing that we have to look at, America has to look at, that instead of, you know, this is an opportunity for us, you know, as a lot of coaches, um, A, to, you know, get closer to our families, get closer to God. And, and you know, because a lot of times we don't, we're not around. And, you know, our our wives and, you know, they have to do a lot of things that uh, that that a lot of other wives really don't have to do, I think, at times. And for us as men, and as coaches, I think it's a great opportunity for us to a, work on relationships, uh, build relationships, maybe mend relationships, and hopefully, if we take that kind of attitude, maybe we can come out of this thing a little better bunch of people than we were before this all this stuff happened. Yeah, I say this on there all the time, and I don't really hide at all from uh, talking about God and what he's able to do and how he's if there's any anything at all that can stop us, it would be the big man upstairs. And I feel in my heart that that's kind of what's happened here. Uh, we all stopped for the right reason, and something definitely great come out of it. Because like you say, you know, we talk about this on the air too, is I've never – I didn't even know that many kids were in my neighborhood. When I go outside, I'm thinking, man, right. where these kids come from? You know what I mean? Because they've been on their electronics all day long. Now they're, they're, they're ready to go outside. Now they're ready to go play catch with mom and dad or just do something other than look at that cell phone play on that computer and uh, you're seeing that probably in the neighborhood that you live in coach right I mean just right across the street you know we've got a guy that you know him and his wife when they're home you see him out there playing badminton with their son doing things like that so it is you know it is good to watch that you know all my kids are grown you know um, and so uh, and they're all you know I got a 28 year old and a 25 year old and a 23 year old so um, I don't get to do that kind of stuff with them but um, it, it is refreshing to see you know that some of that, and I think um, maybe in the long run, parents appreciate you know what we do a little bit, you know, as teachers <laughs> more. Um, you know, I think that, um, that some of these parents were seeing that that you know having to stay behind their kids and do those check on their lessons and not and all that other stuff, you know, and get them outside and do that kind of stuff. That you know that that takes dedication. And again, I think as a, as a as a group in America, I think we're going. I think you know the positive part of that. I think if, if we use it the right way, we're going to come out with more better relationships than we've had in the past. Live right now with Art Craig, the new head ball coach, new head coach, if you will, over there at Head Ahead High School with the Hawks, talking about the game outside of the game, and of course that's the, the game of life and family. As we talk faith, family, and fellowship, or football, it depends how you want to put it there, coach. Uh, 
Coach, one final thing before I get you out of here. First of all, again, thank you for the time you gave us here, and, and, and I do appreciate it. Looking forward to doing this a lot with you, and uh, I'm very blessed to get a lot of our coaches here on board with me on a regular basis here at Fort Central. But how much do you guys as coaches, now that you guys, you know, uh, you kind of got the gloves off a little bit because we're in an intermission here with life, but uh, do you guys communicate? I mean, I know you had uh, a nice little rivalry going over there with Oceanside. Coach Greer, who, by the way, he's left. He's going back to North Carolina while all these other coaches from North Carolina seem to be coming in our state. He's <laughs> going back up there to Charlotte. But uh, you're going to be playing Oceanside again. I mean, it looks like you guys are, are, are going to go back to each other. Now you're at hand-in-hand, and they're coming up to that region. And it should be a lot of fun. The only question of who's going to be the coach. But how, how much do you coaches – do you all talk a little bit off the, you know, off the field? Is there – one guy in particular you kind of reach out to to kind of buddy up, I guess, a little bit with during the year? Well, I mean, I, you know, Chad and I do talk a good bit. You know, I told him I hated that he was leaving. I understand why he's doing it. I was looking for, you know, um, you know, I beat him, you know, year before last. He beat me last year. And I said, man, I was looking forward to breaking this time. He reminded me real quickly that he did beat me in the Satoma. So he, he said that, that he uh, – <laughs> You know, I, I you, we do. I do. There's several coaches I talked to. Sean Wright now. Sean's at Cross High School, tremendous guy. You know that that played at Cross and played at Charleston Southern, and I had an opportunity to hire him. You know, out of college, and and um, so he and I talked a lot. You know, um, you know a lot of us talk about fishing. Dan Holland over at Pillion. You know, we're frustrated that you know that we can't get into some of these. Um, we get to go fishing as much as we'd like to right now. With you know, with some of this off time, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, Canty, you know, at uh, over at BE, you know, we talk some, but but yeah, we, you know, some there's only you know as coaches we're kind of wired a certain way, so I'm, we can be around our families stuff, but we still need that time where people can understand some X and O's talk sometimes, and and I think that's good for us to to have those buddies that, that are coaching buddies that we can talk to. No doubt about it. The X's and O's, or some would say the Jimmys and Joes. I know Coach Spivey over at Somerville talks highly of you as well, and. Um, just so many guys. Of course, I'm originally from Myrtle Beach, so Coastal Carolina has always been in my backyard. It was weird when they decided to actually play football on that field that Conway High School used to play on. That's where we played against Conway when I was at Sockistee. Uh But we've seen so much growth come out of the Myrtle Beach area. Uh, now with Coach Chadwell up there, and I know you knew him very well at Charleston Southern back in the day as well. Um, but, Coach, we're going to get you back in here with us once we get some more stuff. But at any point you'd love for us to come on, we'd love to come to the campus once we open it back up and things get back to at least visitation rights. Uh, we'd love to come yes, over and, and sit down with you. We'd love to have you. Um, you know, we look forward to promoting Hanahan High School as community and uh, hopefully this football team. And we'd love to have you whenever you want to come. We'll, we'll definitely work it out. All right, Coach. Well, God bless you and your family and anything we can do. Uh, don't hesitate to use this as a voice, an opportunity, and a platform to promote you and your Hanahan Hawks. And, again, thank you for 20 years of what you did, at, at, of course, at, at Timberland. And uh, for those who uh, know all about that area up there, uh, St. Stephen's, uh, they have their own beach and everything. Trust me, it is a community full-fledged. <laughs> and they love everybody up there, man. It's a, it's, they've got one great grocery store up there, I believe. And uh, the mm-hmm. ID is up that yeah. way. And uh <laughs> I was there. And, this uh, they got the best chicken in town. Trust me. Appreciate it, man. I look forward to working with you guys. Some. You got it, Coach. God bless. Take care. Thanks. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. There he is, the new head coach. Joins us from Hanahan High School. Twenty years did he do his thing in a big way over there at Timberland, but now he takes his talents. He didn't do the old press conference. He didn't do the hat with Peru. Nope. He just said, "Up, 
I'm going to take my talents to Hanahan, South Carolina. So uh, we're excited for him. We're excited for Hanahan. And uh, I, I know, guys, listen in Timberland area, St. Stephen's, and on the beach. I'm sure that beach is closed too, by the way. But um, I know it's been a tough one, uh, especially for those who've seen uh, that of uh, the quarterback leave uh, New England Patriots. Tom Brady has left New England and gone to Tampa. And here, here goes, uh, as the story goes with uh, Coach Craig and we talked earlier, that all of a sudden here goes Coach Craig. He's leaving too. Uh, the world's coming to an end. We don't know what to do. Well, it will go on. Coach Craig will do great things. And I can't wait to see the Hawks do some really big things. And uh, Coach Eugene, um, we're going to stay here until about 27 after. I'm going to try to bring you in here with us. Uh, as well, but uh, of course, I know you and Coach Greg talk a little fishing, right? That's that's what's up there. Now he gets to fish a little bit in the Tail Race Canal. That's a little closer to where he'll be fishing at, unless he's going to travel every day. We didn't ask him that. I didn't want to get into a street address uh, and all that. But uh, when you got a guy for 20 years, 20 years, man, that's called retirement, man. And here he is. It's like having a kid at like 60, and you're starting over again. But this guy is first class. I've never in my life, and I should have said this when he was on the radio with me, but never have I ever heard nothing but good said about this guy. And I can't say that about everybody. <laughs> I can't say that about everybody. Uh, Coach Call's one of those guys. Um, Coach Craig is one of those guys. Uh, there's many guys who I can tell you that no matter what, there's just certain guys that you always hear, hey, man, that, that guy's doing it the right way, and for t- you got to be doing it the right way. Uh, Eugene to be doing it for 20 years, man. I'm going to kind of let you tell us a little bit about your thoughts. I know you know him uh, pretty well as well. Yeah, we, we played, played against him those three times that was mentioned. The first time was Sertoma, and I'll never forget we came out. We had our practice jerseys on for Sertoma, and uh, Sam Hartman was a quarterback. Gerald was a receiver. And, uh, you know, we just kind of put it out there. Oceanside had never won a game. Never. Oh, and eight. And even though it wasn't considered a real game, Sertoma was a big deal. It was a huge deal in the low country. And this is going back so, so many years. It was so disappointing when they closed it or, or canceled it. But it was just such a big deal to get that first win on the board. And I know Chad's hung on to many of those photos from the game. And <laughs> there were so many guys that were just uh, – you didn't look at them almost as football players, and here they were celebrating in the end zone with this. I think it was an eight to six win. Yeah, it was eight to six win. And then going in last year, had the chance to win the region. First chance, first opportunity for Oceanside. Put in a good play, game plan, and they had a couple of players that just whipped us up front. There was a defensive tackle that was just man, he just disrupted everything we wanted to do. But uh, we came back last year and had a great team, great game plan, and they still fought us. This is the team that we had. We were scoring a 52-point game and averaging only giving up 12. And it went tooth and nail. It went to the wire. You know, a couple of long plays here, there. Seems great defense. When You know, the defense stepped up when they could. But, man, we lit up the scoreboard that night. And uh, just – I know I, I follow him and Sean on social media, and I always joke about their fishing and all the crappy he's been catching lately, and he's not sharing with anybody. If you're still listening, I responded with emojis, said, raise a hand, I've some of the fish. But um, 
there were a couple times during the season, like you said, he was good friends with Greer, and we would be working on game plans and things like that. And Coach Craig would call up, and he's a reason opponent. And he says, hey, guys, you know, I played these guys last year, the year before. This is what I thought. Maybe you're a bit of disillusion. You know, and he would just stay on the phone with us, so the whole staff would on speaker phone and just give us some thoughts and insight. And, I mean, we're a rival. We're an opponent. And so, he, you know, that's just the type of guy he is. And I used to live in Hanahan for a couple of years back when Coach Patterson was uh, the head coach over there, and they were winning big, scored a lot of points. They had guys like Josh Harper as the offensive coordinator, and they were just rolling people. So they've had a few down years, but we all know with Art there, it's not going to last. I mean, look what he's done. Look at his track record. Look at his career. You'd almost think you just put in the – plug in the Art Craig flash drive. <laughs> and that thing's going to take off, man. But uh, I really enjoyed that talk. I'm glad that he invited us on campus. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I look for big things for Hanahan. Won't be long. Yeah, I agree with you, man. He is a first-class guy, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I've been uh, very fortunate to follow him and be uh, Facebook friends. Now we can consider each other friends here. He's been on the show. And I want to explain this to any and every high school, not just here, but across the country. If you would like to be on part of Southern Sports Central, that's what we're here for. We're here to break that mold. And, yes, we love the pros. I'm a Green Bay Packer guy, right? That's what I like. Don't ooh. There's no ooh. That's real. That happens. Saints, come on, man. So that's fine. I won't hold that against you. But long story short, we don't talk a lot of pros. College is kind of laid back a little bit. There's no high schools. Then we get into some of that. We show them some love. But our love is the passion of that Friday night lights. What we started uh, when we went to uh, Barnwell, you know, and I hate to bring that name up to you. Of course, that, 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 was, that, didn't, that, that didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. But yeah, that one's still hurt. One. But when you, when you look at it in the big picture of things, it's, it's, it's an exciting um, of what spectacle Friday night football is like. The stands were packed. The crowd was loud. The, the the concession stands were smoking. I mean, it was everything. I remember growing up as a kid that Friday night lights were. And my concern is that the higher ranking that you go when 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, and now 5A, which we've always had 5A football here, by the way. That was called Week 16 in my day. But that being said, the higher you go up, the more it seems like they lose that that power and it's not that they lose that power it's just the cities are bigger there's more to do there's more to get into and in barnwell that's all there is on friday night brother you're going to go to the tasty freeze or whatever they got burger joint over there and then you're going to the football game or vice versa you're going to cruise the 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 convenience store you know in conway not to pick on my conway friends which back then they were enemies they used to cruise the mall i was like who in the world would cruise the mall you know that's like the boulevard we always knew who was a local in Myrtle Beach, and who was a tourist in Myrtle Beach? If you called it the Strip, we knew you weren't from Myrtle Beach. If you called it the Boulevard, we knew you were from Myrtle Beach. Just like people call it um, Hotlanta. People from Atlanta don't like you to call it Hotlanta, and that's kind of the, the, the wouldn't they know you're not from there? You call it Hotlanta, you know? So there's just certain things that you know, and, and again, um, can't say enough about, you know, the coaches that we have that are coming into this community. Of course, we have a new coach at Ashley Ridge that's been on now. We've had the James Island new coaches coming out of North Carolina has joined us. We, of course, uh, just had him in here with us. Uh, coach Craig's joined us. Uh, so many great things. Coach who? Coach Greer. Coach Greer. Of course, he was joined us now. He's at Robinson Day. He's moving on. 
Uh, we may or may not here shortly have an answer. I would hope by Monday or Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, we get a new coach at Oceanside. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully have on that coach on Wednesday. And then, Wando, one day you're going to get you a coach, and we're going to get your coach in here. So not to pick on you, Kimberlin's going to have a guy. Still need to get Ian Rafferty in here. Coach Rafferty needs to join us from Somerville. Uh, but this has been, since we opened the doors, we cut on the lights, and we pushed that little red button to go to green on this show. We've always been here for those in the high school ranks. This is nothing new to me. This is nothing uh, that I'm trying out. Nope, I've been here since day one of creating Southern Sports Central. And to me, I'm going to continue to be that voice, continue to be that platform. And I welcome any other radio show that comes in, not only the low country, but around the country, that can help me help these young guys get recognized. And let's work together. Let's build this thing together. So I do need to take a break because we're going to head to Charlotte, North Carolina, coming out of break. So hang tight. Enjoy some beach music as we're going to try to keep the mood smooth and the conversation solid right here on Southern Sports Central.
And welcome back, everybody, to the Factory Studios here in Somerville, South Carolina. Don't forget to check out the Factory. That's right, the gym down there in, of course, uh, the Bright Lights of Hanahan, where, of course, we just had on their brand-new coach who just joined us uh, just moments ago. But, of course, the Factory is located at 5913 Loftus Road in Hanahan, South Carolina. Give the guys and girls a shout over there once they open, all right, because they're closed down now. It is a uh, federal emergency, and we've shut it down. Uh, they've shut it down, but we will work together to get this community back up and running. And I do want to thank uh, Hanahan's new head coach of football program over there, Art Craig, who joined us uh, for the first of many times. He was over at Timberland for 20 years and uh, won state championships, did a lot of great things, produced a ton of talent. I mean, a ton of talent over there at Timberland High School. But now we'll do the same thing. The goals are set. Expectations are there. Now it's time to perform. But that won't happen until they get released from what they know is now the norm. Now, without further ado, we head back over to the Tent Farm Hotline, of course, uh, to Charlotte, North Carolina, where we go to Miss Stephanie Wilkerson. He is the athletic director over at Olympic High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. Miss Stephanie, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. Hey, so I got to ask you, how's life over at Wilkerson Elementary School now? Because uh, you've now become a teacher again. <laughs> And are we handing out disciplinary issues? Are we got kids in the corner? I mean, what, what's going on? Yeah. No, they do pretty uh, well with, uh, you know, kind of self-monitoring. And um, because it's, it's so technology-based, you know, I might have to help them a little bit um, with the computers. Sure. But um, their teachers have been great, and they're using a lot of um, Google Classroom um, to get their assignments and, and turn them in. So it's, it's made an easy transition because because I'm an educator. I'm used to Google Classroom as well, so I can easily sure. help them. Everything's good over here. <laughs> so let me ask you, you're in North Carolina, of course. Uh, I don't know the status of North Carolina statewide. I can tell you what we're doing here in South Carolina, and you are the athletic director, and we're going to get into that talk in just a little bit because uh, as I talk to many athletic directors, Coach Steve LaPratt, the athletic director over at Fort Dorchester High School, uh, Coach, of course, uh, Chad Greer was the athletic director and football coach as well over at, uh, at Oceanside, and then Coach Rutherford's over there, of course, at Somerville. But but you're coming at it from, from of course, uh, the Charlotte side, on the other side of the line for me. Um, first of all, what is the status of the state of North Carolina? Has school been canceled? Has spring sports been just X'd out? Where are you guys standing right now with uh, school and academics and athletics? Well, right now, um, specifically uh, the state, the whole state, we're kind of in a shelter in place. Um, so, you know, there's basically not no essential, uh, I'm sorry, non-essential, you know, people can't be out unless you're going to, you know, the store and things like that. And that's a whole statewide thing, um, even though Mecklenburg County, where Charlotte is, kind of did it, you know, a little bit before. As far as sports are concerned, the NCHSAA has not um, yet for the year. We are scheduled to go back right now, May 15th. Um, of course, you know, that could change. So they have not canceled spring sports yet we're just kind of waiting to hear what they say and if they can salvage anything out of the season because when we're looking at mid-may normally that's state championship time for spring sports so i don't know if they're going to try to salvage something out of it we're just kind of waiting to see live right now with the athletic director her own school right now being faced with a lot of this uh, conversation that's happening on around uh, of course, uh, the state of North Carolina, and that's Miss Stephanie Wilkerson, who, of course, is over there at Olympic High School, the Trojans 
uh, have been put at a standstill. And you guys had a lot of good success coming into the spring with the baseball program. I saw a lot of workouts on social media, how these guys were getting ready. You had, of course, some of the other spring sports that were happening. But now with your athletic director hat on, let's talk about some of this. I've seen schools go and put uh, their their senior pitcher or their senior banners on fences. I saw a town in Virginia, or it might have been Vermont, had their uh, banners going throughout their town, which I thought was the best idea ever, hands down. They get they should get a trophy mm-hmm. and, and recognize for that because I think that's huge. And um, but but how are you handling number one, recognizing your seniors? I would imagine social media, and then number two, what about these kids who are so close? To getting scholarships because they may or may not get another chance to have that final game. Well, you know, we, I'm kind of letting each coach determine what they want to do. My my baseball coach, I know he did some highlighting on social media. Uh, my softball coach, before it really got, you know, where we had to be shelter in place, um, she had she did a photo shoot with the seniors out on the softball field and you know was getting posters made and things like that. And really, you know, you, you just have to kind of keep in contact with the college coaches because one thing that a lot of us ADs that we're talking about now is also, you know, the kids are missing SAT, um, you know, the grades are up in the air. So we're wondering, you know, will these kids be able to qualify? And that's a real concern for a lot of us. So while we're, you know, watching our state association, we're also watching the NCAA to figure out what changes – or accommodations they will be making um, for this group of seniors that we have because we just don't want anybody to miss out on an opportunity um, because of, you know, the unfortunate situation that we're in. Live right now with the athletic director over in Charlotte, North Carolina, at, of course, Olympic High School. And uh, she is not only a coach to many, she is a mom to two, I believe, young uh, mm-hmm. individuals there where she's now becoming a teacher as well as an administrator. <laughs> um, I imagine a lot of things, uh, but of course, uh, your home base, of course, is Olympic High School, Ms. Steph- Stephanie Wilkerson. Uh, Ms. Stephanie, when you look at it now, you have to oversee all these athletes. You're trying to make sure they feel eligible, I would imagine. There's a lot of things that come into it. Mm-hmm. I know you've kind of given that to your coaches to do, but, you know, head coaches in the football field, you know, their job is to coach the coordinators who coach the position players who coach the players. Well, you coach all the coaches, mm-hmm. I would imagine, right? So how hard mm-hmm. has it been yep. for you to coach the coaches from where you have to be? And basically you can't leave where you live. So now you also have to make sure that the girls are doing what they need to do to hit the numbers <laughs> they need to hit in their schools. Um, it's definitely um, challenging because I'm just so used to seeing them every day and interacting in person. Um, it's, it's been difficult, you know, to step away from that. It's like a new normal. Um, well, I try to check in with my coaches every week with like a weekly email that I send out to everybody, just checking in, making sure everybody's good, giving us some tips or some things that we could be doing. And then, of course, you know, I have individual, you know, phone conversations um, with them throughout the week about different things. I mean, everybody's at a standstill right now and my coaches also you know a lot of them have families as well so they're doing the same thing that I'm doing which is doing the homeschool thing trying to figure out you know how to stay sane (laughs) in your house you know things that you can do like that Um, we can't we can go up to the school 
Um, the schools are considered an essential business, and our, you know, our in our district, the, the buildings are open basically from seven to four every day. So we can go up to the school, and a lot of my coaches have been going up and just like working on their field, um, you know, organizing, doing inventory, cleaning up, and we've been kind of doing stuff like that, just you know, to ch- give us something to do until we're back in school. Live right now with the athletic director over there at Olympic High School, the Trojans, located in Charlotte, North Carolina, one of many schools over there that, hey, this is what they do. They play sports, and they have that high academic scores as well. Ms. Stephenson Wilkerson joins us here for uh, one of many times you've joined us, and uh, not the kind of way we want you to join us because, of course, we're not talking about the good things, about the winning and the playoffs. Of course, I've had contact with your, your basketball coach as well. We're going to get her in here uh, in the next few weeks, hopefully as well, but just to keep everybody moving again, trying to get you guys to disengage from, we understand the importance of watching the TV, but I think after a while you just need a little bit of break. So hopefully we're doing that for the three hours with you here, coach, as uh, we appreciate your time of being on here. Um, let me ask you from the athletic point of view as well. Uh, you've probably been in contact with others, other athletic directors around the area, your region, your state, uh, what are you hearing in coming into 2020, uh, the football season? I know we down here have talked and we've heard conversations about them taking out non-region games, starting it later. But this is a huge revenue for you guys, as I know mm-hmm. it is for a lot of schools. However, there is no price tag on a human life. And, and I need people to understand that while we want to have football season, we can't afford to do it at all costs. But has there been conversations yet? and said, look, we understand that the spring season is pretty much unfortunate. It's not going to happen. We need to start planning on, on certain things in football because there is no such thing as social distancing themselves in football games that I've ever seen. Right. Well, um, yes, we we have talks. Um, it's, you know, football is, is really big for pretty much every AD, so it's kind of like fall sports. Um, you know, it's the focal point. So it's something in our mind because, like you said, it is, you know, our biggest revenue producer. So we want it to go well. Um, we're hoping that, you know, we're going to get an August start um, just like we have. And that's what we're planning toward. Um, you know, we're we're scheduling games and we're looking at referees and, and things like that um, under the premise that we will be having week one um, in late August like we were supposed to. We haven't heard much talk about them trying to do anything else, like maybe take out non-conference games and things like that. So, like, right now we're we're moving forward like we're going to start on time now. We don't know what it means for <clears throat> uh, summer workouts because, um, you know, that's a big part of football. And really fall sports um, is, you know, the summer off-season period, but especially for football mm-hmm. so, the, so the kids can get the acclimation, acclimatization. Um, and so that's kind of what we're wanting to hear about now. How how does that look for us? How does that look for the kids? Um, it's a good thing. A lot of our kids are working out on their own, but, you know, that's not the same thing as having um, their coaches work them out. So we just kind of want to get a, an idea of how that's going to look. Live right now with the athletic director over there at Olympic High School, Ms. Stephanie Wilkerson joins us live from Charlotte, North Carolina. We're excited to have her on and, uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you, we're very blessed to talk to uh, many athletic directors and many great coaches, but you've done a phenomenal job uh, hiring the ones you hire. And, and let me ask you this, when you go through the process of hiring, and again, we have this chance 
to talk about different topics because there's not as much going on right now. And I think we've about seen as many 30 for 30s and 90 for 90s and 60 for 60s that when there is another <laughs> sports trivia night at the local pub, we all should pass with flying colors. But that being said, and I am going to talk to you about Cam Newton, by the way, so just hold tight um, <laughs> just to prepare you. Um, that being said, when you hire your staff, and I've, I've been blessed enough to watch it happen in a lot of schools locally, one in particular, to kind of see how things are done. How, how big is it? What is the one thing? Give me the top three things that all three of your coaches that you've hired, they all have in common, and that was a big reason of why you hired them for somebody that may be looking to get into coaching. Um, it's, it, it's hard to put in words. It's, it's some, they have intangibles that come across. Um, you know, we interview lots of people, and, you know, most people have interviewing down now where they know the right things to say. But what I like to hear from coaches is how they are going to be successful and how they want to be successful. Because I know that we, we talk about, you know, that the folk, the emphasis on the game is not winning. But we do know that winning um, helps so many things. So what I look for in coaches is for a way for them to articulate how they are going to build young people into being productive citizens and how they will use having success on the field in that way. Um, and it's, like I said, it's just, it's hard to put in words. Like, I feel like I've done a good job and I can read coaches well um, and I can see if they'll be a good fit or not. Like to give you an example um, with um, Jessica Freeman, my women's basketball coach. Um, when I interviewed her, after I interviewed her, I knew she was the one. Um, and I had other interviews after her, but I, I knew it. And one of the things that she said, um, and she wasn't afraid to say, was, I want to win. Um, and that stood out to me because most people give you the politically correct answer. And But we're in educational-based athletics, so we know that people are coming into this because they're trying to help mold young people. So that's, that's a given. But I also want to see, you know, how do you plan to, to get to success? And I think that that is something that all of the coaches that I've hired since I've been at Olympic that they convey is um, they have a plan to be successful. Live right now, of course, with the athletic director of Olympic High School. She's uh, the one that wears many hats like many athletic directors do around the country. And that's with Stephanie Wilkerson talking about what it takes to be a coach, not to tell you what they're going to do, show you what they're going to do, but also make sure that they're focused at the bigger pictures in life. And I would agree with you. I've had the pleasure of having your basketball coach here on the air with us. We talked off the air as well. And just to see, uh, you know, I was intimidated. Just being on the phone with her, I felt like I needed to do some suicide <laughs> in between my interview. I was like, oh, my God. And she's always had feels on. I'm like, I mean, you know, right. got people that can't coach with shoes, and she's over there with, like, these red bottoms, and, oh, my God, it's crazy. But, uh and I know one of your coaches in particular, which, you know, I look at him like a, like a, little, like a brother, if you will, or, or what have you, because he was down at Sockacy where I went to school for a while. He grew up on the Grand Strand, and uh, he's grown tremendously since you guys have put your arms around him. And I can't thank you enough for loving uh, one of my family members up in that school with you guys as well. But talking about arms around and loving and, and, and things like that, let's talk about the Panthers real quick. And, uh are you guys all right? You guys are – is everybody – I mean, it's, there could be another reason that y'all might need to stay home. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of unhappiness in Charlotte right now. No, we, we are not all right. <laughs> we are, I'm, not, I'm not all right. <laughs> oh, man. This, is, this is new territory. 
for us. And, you know, we understand, um, especially with me being, you know, in athletics, I understand that this is a business and, you know, that things happen, but it's the way that you do Mm. things. And, you know, for, for Cam to not be here and if, you know, if people want to move in another direction, we understand that. But for what he's been to this city, to this franchise, I, me personally, I just felt like he deserved way better than than that. Um, and it's just we we just don't know what's happening because you know it just it slowly started to you know unravel. First, Coach Rivera gets fired, which you know some people could kind of you know understand, but I I personally was you know kind of sad about that. And then you know you go with him. We lose, have a extreme losing streak for the end of the um, which mm. was hard to watch. And then Luke retires, and we're devastated. <laughs> and so then you know it's like the the straw that broke the camel's back is to release Cam. So it's you know it's been tough <laughs> here in Charlotte, but you know it. It, like I said, we know it's a business, but we're not okay, and I don't know when we're going to get past it because, like I said, Cam is our Superman. So for yeah. him to, to not be able to see number one running out of that tunnel anymore, that's going to hurt a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. And then there's up there on the other side of that lake, not getting NASCAR now, man. Boy, it is a tough day in, in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is the home of, <laughs> of, of uh, NASCAR in a lot of people's eyes. But Back to Cam Newton, you know, and, and I didn't I, – the only couple times I didn't like Cam Newton when he played my game talks, and, man, it, it was just – it was crazy. He's he's a real deal. You know, you know he's dealing with the injuries. He's got a lot of things kind of come at him. I didn't understand his fashion, but I didn't have to understand his fashion. It's definitely different. <laughs> but, uh, you know what, if you're winning games, that doesn't matter. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I watched a lot of tweets. I've seen a lot of people. I watched you and some of your staff there respond a little bit, and I didn't like the way the Panthers – tweeted about it, and then he went, like, Roman texting, like, I'd never even seen that type of uh, tweet before. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, he is so calling you out right now. <laughs> and, of course, they deleted the tweet, and I'm thinking, somebody got fired. You had one job to do, and uh, you evidently right. didn't do it the right way. And, um, yeah, I, I don't like that kind of stuff. I've seen it, unfortunately, in other programs and other schools, and things are just not handled correctly. And, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And, I think it's interesting that people don't think that Cam Newton's going to end up on a roster somewhere. Shame on whoever doesn't give this guy a chance. I get that he's had his injuries, but healthy, there's nobody better. Where he needs to be, there's nobody better. And I watched him and Josh Norman play. He's a heck of a little volleyball player. I mean, now Josh Norman <laughs> played his high school, his college days at Coastal, but he learned how to play, I would imagine, some volleyball over at the beach in Myrtle Beach on the Grand Strand. But I watched Cam. He looked pretty healthy to me slamming that ball down. So, um, it, wherever he ends up, and I kind of feel like he would end up at Washington, even as a backup, and then work his way to a starter, mm-hmm. would be interesting. What I would do if I'm Cam Newton, and I'm pretty sure that the Redskins are on that schedule this year, I would go wherever somebody's playing the Panthers and say, look, if you don't play me any other game, just give me one quarter. And if I don't right. do well, you can trade me. But I promise you, you know, <laughs> he would have a day. Trust and believe me. The way it was done was not good. And losing Luke Keekley was big. I mean, that kind of hurt me. Um, just because I like the mm-hmm. way that he was off the field as well. Um, but congratulations to him and tip of the cap to a guy who, who took his health first and took things more mm-hmm. importantly than the game. And he'll come back as a, as a news guy. I'm sure he's already there all over the media there in Charlotte. You guys have a lot of great guys that contribute to us. We actually had uh, Reginald Walker, who's, uh, he does some stuff for the Charlotte 49ers, and Gardner Webb mm-hmm. joined us in hour one. And he's a stand-up guy that played at Penn State, so – you know, I, I just hope to see Cam land on his feet because the game is good with him. You know, there's certain guys. I'm the guy mm-hmm. who likes to see Jameis Winston do something good. 
You know, I hate to see kind of that Absolutely. had to be shocking news for him. You know, um, I don't get much kick out of seeing people in misery and, 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 and seeing people down and out. It doesn't do me any good. Um, you know, I'm not a big, huge um, – what was the guy's name that got fired at Dallas, the quarterback that they kept? You know, no, it was the coach. Jason, uh, what was that Jason guy? Garrett. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. You, know? Garrett. you hate you hate to see people lose their job. I didn't want to see him lose because he couldn't beat my Packers. So I was hoping they were going to keep him forever. But um, <laughs> what, if you can't beat the Packers, you better hire somebody to coach the Packers. That's what they did. <laughs> so, that's a stab at my Cowboys fans. Coach Rivera was huge. So, Stephanie, thank you so much. Uh, I know you're busy. Um, now, I'm going to tell you, I, my kids live with my ex-wife. And, of course, she's in the system as well as a counselor. Um and it's a good thing with me because my kids, you ever seen that one video on Facebook where the kids are in the corner and the music's playing my, and they're over there, they're dancing on the side, you know, just with their nose to the wall? Mm-hmm. That would be my kids. Yeah, that would be my kids. We'd have a lot of um, – <laughs> it would be more like uh, – what's that – what are those schools called where you go and they think that, that you learn how to, like, build, like, and change oil and um, – Like trade schools. Yeah, yeah, we would have it. My school would be all of a sudden it would be the Altman trades because we'd be cutting grass and washing dishes. <laughs> you know, I'm teaching our life skills over here, you know, just because you never know where they're going to end up. But um, <laughs> for what you, your staff, and uh, again, you got to laugh, right? You know, we 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 stressed enough, and, and when you stress, yeah, your immune absolutely. system goes down, right? That's that's my concern. Yeah. Is people's immune system is going to start giving down because they're not doing their thing. I've been fortunate. I'm going to brag on myself for a second, but I've been running. Four miles a day, six days a week, I'm up to 24 miles. And it's that first mile wow. that you get through. And after that, you're like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. If I die over here, I'm cool with it, man, because at least I'm running. And they can say he gave it a <laughs> shot. But, you know, I figured I'd run a mile per kid. And they got only have four kids because you guys that have seven or eight or 12 <laughs> or whatever you got going on, I'm not into that life. But four is enough. But uh, somebody was like, well, why don't you run a mile for you? I was like, why don't you run a mile for yourself? Because it was a heavy, heavy fella. But, um, you just got to stay in shape, man. It's not hard to do, but stay home, stay in shape, you know, hug your kids. You know, this is a chance you actually get a chance to beat your kid because you can, like, I'm not the parent, I'm the principal. So you get away with this right. your kid, something that some people evidently don't do. But it's like I'm going to tell you and every other person in the system uh, in education, go out and get that paycheck because if there was ever a time that you guys had your value go way up, it's right now. Every parent and well, brother absolutely. would love to bring you their kid right now. So. Well, what, I, what I've been, you know, saying is that, you know, the way that this has been done, like, we had to make these huge adjustments on the fly. Um, and so right. educators, you know, get a big shout out right now because we have, you know, just jumped in and tried to make this the best situation for these kids as much as possible. Um, me personally, like, you know, I, I was going, going, going. Um, as an AD in my job, like as you know, like I'm, I'm just, I'm always, I'm, you know, just attached to the job. So this sure. has been a good time for me to slow down and be able to spend time with my girls, um, you know, outside of the school because we were together a lot, but they're always with me at work. So we're at home mm-hmm. and we're able to spend time together, and you know, it's a good time to decompress and relax, and like you said, work out of, you know, because that's one of the things you never have time normal life so now we have the time for things that we need to be doing but it's just um people just gotta you know just find happiness in every day you know choose choose joy choose happiness Mm. find the best out of this situation um get outside and get some sunlight that's one thing that helps um you know it because it can get you know this is different (laughs) nothing like we've ever Mm. experienced before so 
people just got to, you know, take it for what it's worth and, and find the, the good that's in it. No doubt about it. We appreciate the good that you continue to put in to not only uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, but, of course, everybody over there hanging out at Olympic High School and the Trojans wish you guys, uh, you know, the most safest route we can get back to whatever the normalcy will be when this is ever said and done. Um, for us, people like myself that are huggers and high-fivers, man, this is – this is a hard time, man, because people, if I cough on aisle three, I've had three old ladies give me the finger, so it's not a good place to be, and you can't even, <laughs> you know, you can't even have a, you can't even have a, a, a tough moment in the grocery store without somebody looking at you. Matter of fact, the lady attacked my daughter, who's 12 years old, and was like, you just coughed, and I was like, really, lady? She didn't cover her mouth. I was like, really? Uh, it's very frustrating, but it is what it is. So uh, I wish you the best of luck to you and your ladies there at the house. And uh, we'll touch base again. We'll try to get you in here maybe next week or the week after. But I am going to ask uh, if it's okay. I'm going to reach out to your coaches, get them in here, and we'll talk some shop with them too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They probably would love to. And I appreciate you guys having me on again. Always a pleasure. God bless you and your family, Coach. Be safe. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, Stephanie Wilkerson, of course, Olympic High School Zone athletic director, and uh, she is uh, one of the best at what she does, and uh, glad to have her on. Eugene, we don't have much time. We're about two minutes away. Three hours, I told you. Three hours would roll fast with all these great uh, interviews that we've had. Oh, three hours in the books, man. It went by fast. You know, I told you at uh, the halfway point, so I couldn't believe we were halfway through. It just Blew by. Uh, some good information, some great speakers. Just uh, want to say again that we're blessed. We're excited to be teamed up and working with the guys at the factory. And this partnership is just very exciting. We, you know, we're looking forward to growing it with them and learning from them and just teaming up and being a big. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what we call this partnership. This is a big special thing. We're going to be developing kids. We're going to be developing people mentally, physically, spiritually. I don't know what you call that, man. That's uh, almost like some God's work out in the community. And I'm just really excited about it. Really excited to be part of the radio show. Well, some would call that, um, I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for here, discipling, right? Discipling, creating more disciples. Well, there you go. All right, so uh, for Eugene Benton, he's the coach. I'm Rich Yalbin, one of the hosts here on Southern Sports Central. We are going to announce some new shows coming on here as we're going to come at you live Wednesday night. At that time, I'll let you know who's coming on. We're going to have two or three new shows added here to the network. Until then, enjoy the night. Be safe. Be smart. Stay home if you can. But most of all, stay prayed up, stay up, and uh, we'll see you Wednesday night. On behalf of all of us here at Southern Sports Central, we welcome the factory into the family here at Southern Sports Central for many great things. Until next time, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. sharp. We'll see you then, guys. God bless. And now for the first time in our show, is there anybody who doesn't remember the four